You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. All right. We're off to a great start. Yeah, great. Well, at least the, po- at least the periscope is working. Uh, mention uh, Jessica not having the mics working when the show starts. Hey, and you will get a 10, 10% discount on uh, Dinosaur Jr. Living Color and... Jane's Addiction this Friday at Freedom Hill, Prophets of Rage September 1st at DTE, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of concerts, uh, Lions preseason tickets. I know you want to get your hands on that, uh, I'm sure. So call uh, Cali Tickets, 877-225-8425. Welcome to the DSR Podcast. This is a very special episode of the DSR podcast, kind of like uh, the old 80s sitcoms on NBC. Is Carlton about to start freaking out? I was thinking more of like Ricky Schroeder on Silver Spoons having a drug problem or something. Before my time. Yeah, way before your time. I don't. You were not even close to being born when Silver Spoons was on. And while I take a sip from my Red Bull and vodka, Grey Goose. So today's show is going to be very interview-centric. We have a special guest in studio. He used to be on WDFN, the airwaves there, for many, many years. 96.1 in Grand Rapids, on SportsWorks with Dan Miller on Fox 2. And up until a few weeks ago, the morning show on 105.1, Detroit Sports 105.1, until the format flip. And now I guess Sean has no interest in introducing Humpty Hump, <laughs> and uh, I don't know who else. Who else is on? Who else would be in the uh, that genre? EPMD. Oh yeah, uh, Dossie Fat. They didn't Dossie ask Facts. you if you wanted to uh, probably be do any uh, DJing for Public Enemy and uh, Cypress Hill. You know, I did it. Uh, my first gig down in Toledo, I filled in at ninety two point five Kiss FM. I, I did some there, and uh, no, it's just not for me, man. I could see it's a hybrid show hosted by you and Eric Chase, where it's half sports, half Poison Clan dance all night. I, I, I know that Steve Chassar and Buzz Knight had no interest in my no. programming suggestions at all. Mm-mm. But welcome to the show, Sean. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? I appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, Thanks for having me. Even though, what did the one guy say? Uh, he had many people tell him he shouldn't do this and all that. I, I can relate to that, but no. All kidding aside, dude. It's uh, when have when have I not like been available to talk? That's I've always wanted to be that way. Well, we've had we've had a I long was history. Say, as, as long as we don't bring up uh, Patrick Waugh versus <laughs> Dominic Hasek, you can bring I that think up. We'll all, be okay. You can bring that up all you want. Just be factual when you bring it. <laughs> this is the guy who told me to shut the fuck up eight times last week because I didn't think Andre Drummond would lead the Pistons to a championship. And you're going to criticize his love. His man love for Dominic Hasek. Uh, I didn't or, say me, for I didn't Lock. say I'm criticizing anything. I don't think we should bring up Andre Drummond either. No, so. we definitely shouldn't. <laughs> Hasek Drummond off the table. <laughs> all right. So now we've got the ground rules set yeah. for this interview, Sean. I, I hope you feel more comfortable. It's, dude, whatever you want. <laughs> we've got the court reporter over there in the corner. Um, I don't want to treat this like a deposition. I hope we can have some fun here. Yeah, and, whatever and, you want, man. And, uh, We've had a long history going back to 13 years of the website because you know when we started the, the DSR, you were doing the morning mid morning show at uh, DFN. Um, we co-hosted a program 
down at uh, U Detroit. Det- what was that? Detroit Cafe, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that was short-lived. We, I, my first appearance on SportsWorks. I think yeah. most of my appearances on SportsWorks. You got works, stuck with me. Were, were, were with you. Yeah. I can still remember a conversation in that parking lot uh, on a Friday night uh, discussing the Detroit radio business. And not much has changed no. in, in the last 11, 12 years. No, it hasn't. But we've always kept a, a line of communication open, mm-hmm. and uh, you've always been honest with me. I think I've always been honest with you. You and have been. Any, any criticism I've had, I've, I don't, haven't backstabbed you, I don't think, at all. And you've always told me when you thought I was full of shit. So I'm, I appreciate you being here. My first question, I, and I kind of want to go back a little in time, because when I broke the story in 2013 in July that uh, WMGC was going from adult contemporary to sports, and they were going to be the first FM challenger to 97.1 uh, after basically, you know, DFN was pretty much kaput other than Shep. Uh, I had reported, and every, I got every single thing right about what was going to happen at 105.1, except for one thing, that you were going to be hired. And I, you know, obviously I had good sources from day one until the day we broke the news that it was going to flip. I'm wondering what if you maybe if we could start there. What happened back in July and August of thirteen? I think you thought you were going to get a gig I there. I did. Uh, what happened? You know, it was. Um, I had been contacted by a couple of, I guess, not management people, who had uh, said that this thing was coming about and everything. And I remember I was on a podcast with you right after it started, and I'll tell you the same thing I told you then. I just never got a call. I never got a call, and um, I think I assumed that the call was coming, and it never came. Why the call didn't come? I have my reasons. I, you know, I, I have very good reason to think why it didn't come, but um, it didn't come. And you know, at the same time, I had a pretty good gig going on. You know, I, I it was kind of funny because there were some people that like uh, were giving me a hassle about it. I, I mean, think about this: I was in my house in Northville, Michigan. Doing a radio show, like that's like that's not from a, your basement yeah, as I as I reported yes, many times. It was from, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was from the office and, and and upstairs. But like that's a bad thing. So I had a pretty good gig going on. So you know I wasn't going to lose um, any sleepover. Did I want it to be part of it? Yeah, of course you did because um, I've long said, and and I said it just recently. Sports can work in this town. It has worked in this town, and it's it's hysterical to me. When I hear, and a lot of times it's it's the younger generation. I had a conversation on Twitter with somebody, and it wasn't you know going back and forth or blasting or anything like that. But somebody said, "Oh, there can only be uh, you know one top dog in town." And I was like, "Well, how old are you, man? How, right. how, how old are you?" I mean, it didn't. It wasn't like that. And I you know I lived through part of that where um, it took it took DFN a few years to get going, and then once it got going, um, I don't think we realized how good we had it. And conversely, 1270 was struggling. I mean, they were really struggling. And then they got going. And that's that's the one regret I wish that – I wish that greater media would have uh, given it more time. But, dude, it's a business. If you get bitter over it, you're not going to last long in the business. That's just the way it works. So, so you, you, you said that you had some reasons that you thought mm-hmm. contributed to you not getting that call mm-hmm. at first. Would you care to speculate on I, what those are? Yeah, no problem. I think – and. I'm going to compliment Jeff for this because this is something that always bothered me, and Jeff knows this. And even when Jeff goes through his periods of time where he's mad at me, and, I mean, we all know Jeff. Jeff, you know, 
That's it's it's going to happen with you if it hasn't happened already. Um, <laughs> Jeff, I think I think right now he's more of a, in fear of me. But regardless, I, I've chilled out, Jeff. Man. The one the one thing that you've said over the years, and I I've, I've told you this, I appreciate it. I take it as a compliment. Is I talk to Jeff, but I have never ever contacted Jeff, bad mouthing other people in my business or trying to further my agenda. And I stand by that, and I'm damn proud to say that. And he's actually complimented me on that before. And I, one before I say something, Sean, of all the sources I had at 105.1, including at the end, you never gave me, gave me anything. And I'm kind of glad that I was able to tell the person's name who gave me the scoop that the station was going to flip formats because that person, I think, had an axe to grind against. You know, he worked for when they were the adult contemporary. Mm-hmm. And by the time it was over, he said, like, I, want kind of, I think he kind of wanted to give it to him. Uh, greater media and say, tell them who it was. And so if anyone out there thinks that Sean was giving me any information uh, about what was going what was going on at 105.1 over the last couple months, it, it wasn't. I think my sources, I, I named one of them. Yeah. I had other ones, but it was never you. Yeah, and I think that, I think people use that against me, Jasper. I know they did. I, I know that people, um, as funny as it sounds, we were all in a fantasy league together. And somebody actually went out there and said things like, well, he's in a fantasy league with those guys from the DSR, uh, Moss and Spiro. So he must be the mole. And it's like, are you? Come on, man. I mean, you know, I, Jose Canseco was yeah, in the league with them, right? too. You know, I don't think I don't think uh, Jeff has secrets from the Oakland A's I'm floating doing, around in I'm his brain. I'm doing some stupid fantasy league. And, and that's why I've always I've always wanted to be open with with Jeff or. Justin or whomever, I, I don't, I don't have anything to hide, and it's, it's funny. This goes back a few years though, because, and, and I know you know Tom. It used to bug me a lot, Jeff. Um, and Killer always used to tell me, and this is what kind of calmed me down. He was like, "Dude, the people that need to know know," and it, because it, it bugged you for a while that stuff like that got out there. But um, whatever, it's just life's too short, man. Well, association, association with this website's never really, I don't think, helped anyone. No, it's I mean, it's, it is a critical v- look at the Detroit sports media. So anyone who has ever been viewed as someone who likes the website, I think Killer was the one person who probably got away with it. Killer wasn't quiet about liking the DSR, mm-hmm. but I don't think but Killer, I, nobody ever gave Killer shit about it. But anyone else who contributed or, I mean, you well, can't even, you can't even, you, most you know Detroit News has got policy. You can't mention the website. Don't tweet. Don't retweet. And and, and 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 that stuff goes on. So I can see why people would have thought. Well, the guy was in the you know Detroit sports rag, fantasy baseball league that ended up imploding. By the way, which we can we can or cannot get into that later. No. But well, let me ask you a question. So did you never talk to Jason Dixon at the beginning? No. But you talked to Jason Dixon. After, afterwards, yeah, did he, after did he give you any explanation of why? Um, a few months afterwards, they called me and asked me to do some fill-in and stuff, and I said, sure. And so I did a few weekend shifts and everything, and, you know, I had kind of heard through the grapevine that, you know, there had been some things that, that had been out there, and I it wasn't my place to it wasn't my place to go, hey, so did you hear this or did you hear that? Actually, he saw a tweet, as I recall. Um, the only time I talked to Jason about it is he saw a tweet and he made some comment like, 
wow, I guess I had you all wrong or something like that. I didn't know Jason very well. He seemed right. like a good guy. Uh, I didn't know Jason very well, but he, he made some innocuous comment like I had you uh, all wrong. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what happened. And, you know, in fairness, um, I have no problem saying it. Um, <laughs> Matt and I had a confrontation. Matt, Matt Derry. Derry. Yeah. Matt and I had a confrontation about a few things. And as far as I'm concerned, it's dropped. And I'm sincere when I say that because, I mean, he apologized to me. And, you know, you're a jerk if you don't. That didn't mean that I didn't yell. That didn't mean that I say, I mean, really, I said, what the hell did I ever do to you? What? I, I said. So you think Derry said to Dixon, don't, um, hire, don't hire Belize. I think, I think to a few people up top. I don't know that definitively. I have very strong reason to believe it. And um, based on some other conversations that he and I had. Um, yeah, I have very strong reason to believe that. Now, right. Sean, uh, we've heard similar things from other people. I know I have. I'm sure Jeff has mm-hmm. as well. Is that something that you saw as being a part of the culture or something that people at 105.1 or who had interest in 105.1 had to tread around was Matt Derry or maybe not just Matt but other people at the station – Going and saying things to higher ups, to management, to disparage people who were either working there or had an interest in working there. You know, I had heard uh, in when I was there. When I was there, I didn't hear so much of that. Um, you you have to remember, I was only there eight months. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say this: um, in the last few months of the station's existence, we were more on the same page than you could ever imagine, and I think. Because there's something to be said about when you know you're up against it. And we knew we were up against it. We didn't know we were that much up against it. But we, I mean, we knew we were up against it. Everybody was rowing in the same direction because it was survival, especially after they trimmed down the lineup again. And and then it was like, okay, this is real. In my heart of hearts, I thought we had until December. In in my heart of hearts, I thought we had until December. I didn't think that it would happen the day before it happened, I didn't think it would happen. And this is when, I mean, shit was swirling all over the place, you know? Right. I can swear, right? You can see. All right. I've no, swore like this seven is, times already. No, but this, this is where, this is when. <laughs> you're a little classier than I am, this, even this though is, you're spitting into a mountain, Diet yeah, Mountain Dew my, yeah, bottle. My, I'm going to pack I'm not going to make the Greg Brady mistake and drink oh, that. He did. That was the funniest thing, dude. You should have seen it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I Couldn't I, have happened to a better human. I love you, Brady, but it couldn't have happened I will never get human. that image out of my mind of you telling me that story that he drank that. And I just. I went, listen. To this day, when I see Greg Brady tweet. My first thought is he drank Sean's spit. Very I, I need to hear this. Yes. Very quickly, Brady was notorious for scamming other people's drinks in more ways you could, you could ever imagine. So we were at a wait, 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 wait. That that sounds odd. Uh, no, I'm serious. <laughs> it, like in more ways than you could ever okay. imagine. Well, so, what are we talking? Some Cosby stuff right here? Or what? <laughs> no, I, nice I can imagine a this lot is, of ways. This is before. This is before I, I started working. You know, uh, for the Whalers. We were at a game, and I went. I went to the pisser, and he. I came back, and I left my drink there, and he picked it up, thinking it was a Diet Pepsi or whatever. I, I kid you not, he was white as a ghost. And I looked at him, and I was like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> like, I, I thought, like, wh- he's going to die. And he couldn't even say anything. He just went like this and pointed at it. And I go, ha, 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 that's what you get, scam. So he went he went and destroyed, like, a oh, bunch of I'm greasy fries <laughs> and, and, like, one of those rink burgers just to make himself puke. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Gonna, yeah. So let's get back. So let's get <laughs> Sorry, back. Man. 
into a kind of a linear fashion here. Mm-hmm. So 105-1 doesn't happen in August of 13 mm-hmm. uh, when I I mean I thought all of the arrows pointed towards you getting that gig. I think a lot of people that worked yeah. there did too. Right. So it wasn't just me. I mean yeah. I never it's funny one of the things was I went around telling people I was going to get a job there and I I don't know where that came from but no I No, I mean it was me I, basically reporting it and I, I it think made a lot sense. of people I think just a lot of people who follow local or statewide media sports media made that same assumption. So okay, so it doesn't happen. And then you got some fill-in work doing some you know, mm-hmm. guest hosting mm-hmm. and things like that. Then you get the call from them sometime, I guess, last fall. Yeah, that um, Drew Lane is they're they're gonna they're going to either they're they're negotiating with Drew, basically telling him they want to do more of a sports show. Drew says, "I don't want to do more of a sports show. I'll take a pay cut, not to have to change my act, which has been going on for the last thirty years." They say Dave Shore, the PD who replaced Jason Dixon, says, "No, we want you to do a more of a sports show." He says, "No." They part ways. Uh, so there's an opening now because Derry has moved to PM Drive. There's an opening at, in, in the midday. And you get a call, and you're working at 96.1. Uh, as you said, from an offset of your family room or whatever it is in Northville, got a nice, pretty decent gig there doing that. Uh, rating Ratings-wise, I had looked it up. Uh, for months, you had been pretty much competitive with Bill Simonson. Uh, beating him, uh, it was pretty close, I think, from what I saw. And I didn't have all of the inter- I mean, I didn't have all of the arbitrons from Grand Rapids, but it looked like you were doing pretty good. We had a couple years stretch where we did really well, and then the last book we uh, we we took the last one too. Um, so it was. So you're doing a show, a good stretch. So you're doing a show from Northville, mm-hmm. which is basically kind of a, I guess I would say a Michigan-based. You know, you're not talking about Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. the lug nuts. You're talking about Detroit sports sure. or whatever, and you're beating a guy or neck and neck with a guy who is ingratiated himself with every single business, it seems, in Grand Rapids, from Brands to Myers to whatever, um, and you're doing very well there. But you get a call, I guess, I would presume, from Dave Shore. It, uh, we were, I didn't know all the Drew stuff was happening. Um, Jeff, <laughs> I, I, I've said this to you for years, and I think for a long time, maybe, I don't know if you didn't believe me, but I think you know this, I don't pay attention. I don't. I don't know... What's going on around me? Um, when I'm done with my job, I want to go home and play with my kids. Like, honestly, that's that's really Or when true. you were 96.1, just walk to the next room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Jack, you want to watch so Godfather 2? I was at – um, sure, actually, Dave called me on a Saturday and said, are you going to the Lions game tomorrow? I said, yeah. You know, after we're done with the pregame show for Fox. So we went to the Lions game, and we were talking in the press box, and he said, can you come in tomorrow? You know, I, I, might, I might have something for you. Great, fantastic. I didn't know the Drew stuff was going on. I mean, I really, as as the good Lord is my witness, and it's kind of funny because when I walked in there, that was one of my big concerns. You know when you walk into a room and you're walking into a morgue? And I walked into that end of the building, and everybody had that look on their face. And I had seen that look on people's faces from the time when DFN closed. So I was like, oh, no. Well, then it kind of got explained to me what was going on. Um, I, I did a show that day with Rico, and then they said, well, this is what's going on. Um, would you would you do a show with Maz? You know, would, would you be right. willing to do a show with Maz? And um, my bosses at uh, 96.1 were, were, like, so cool to me 
There was no way I was just going to say, I'm leaving. And I said, well, I hope you know I have to give them two weeks. And, you know, usually companies flip you off and say, get out right. of here, go now. Especially in radio. They, they asked me for three <laughs> weeks. Right. They said, can you give us three weeks? And I, dude, you know what? They were great to me. I'm not trying to be PC. They might do a show out of my house, you right. know? So mm-hmm. I was like, whatever you guys need. So that kind of sucked for three weeks to do two shows because I was doing until like 2.30 and then I had to race home to do the other show and everything. But I just thought that was the right thing to do. And then the second day after the first uh, show Maz and I did, then uh, I was told that Mark was going to join. And, um, you know, I've said this before and I saw I saw Greg said something about it on Twitter um, yeah. Fell, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Fellhauer was an epiphany to me, man. He, he. I always thought of him, and I hope. I mean, he knows now because we've had this. I've always thought of him as Drew's sidekick. You know what I mean? Right. He was a sports fan. He was one of us. He really was. And I, I know what people's opinions are. They, you know, well, I think the problem you like with a Fel- guy you don't like. I think the problem with Fellhauer was when he was with Drew. It would have been like me getting a job as a sidekick for Howard Stern. Sure, I. I couldn't do that job. I idolized the person. I couldn't take him on. I couldn't criticize him. Uh, and I think that was the situation that Fellhauer was in. Uh, I think he kind of enabled some of the, the 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 Drew antics that he didn't when he was with you and Maz. And I think he kind of was free of that a little. And, and I know, Jeff, you and I even discussed it on the podcast saying – his later comments, especially regarding the stuff with Mazaway, um, which we'll get into later, the sexual yes. stuff, yeah, the rape. But stuff. no, well, <laughs> stuff like that. When we looked at each other and we said it's either like this is a different guy, or he's completely changed his mind on a lot of the ways that he looks at women, that he uh, talks about women. I don't know how he looks at women. That's that's nothing I, know how I, I look could at know, women. but. No, but I'm saying like there was clearly a change once Drew left with Mark. So I, I think that definitely goes to what you were saying, Jeff, and also to what you were saying as well, Sean. But I, I have a question even before you got there. Mm-hmm. When 105.1 starts up and you've said that you think two stations can work in this town, yep. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we saw it in Boston, a similar sized town with uh, similar provincial sensibilities We've, we've seen it work there. We've seen it work other places. What was your initial impression, really, when 105.1, first you learned it was going to be a thing, then you learned you weren't going to be a part of it, and then you started listening to it because you got there a little bit down the line. So you had the perspective of somebody who wasn't there and also the perspective of somebody who was there. You, you bring up a good point. I'll, I'll throw in another one, too. In Philly, they had a greater media station that I think it took about three and a half years for them to really gain, gain traction. I, I think could they be fired. Wrong. I think Henson wanted a guy there who's kind of similar to me, he told me. Yeah. Like an asshole. Yeah. And uh, then they, they, they said, no, we're not hiring him. No, we're not hiring him. And I think then they hired him after Henson got fired, I guess. And then the station took off. Was that Barrett? I think so. Was that so. his name? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, Jasper, to answer your question um, – Again, non-PC, Chisari is a great guy. Like Steve, if Steve called me today and said, hey, dude, would you do something? I'd do it because I know for a fact he fought for us. This was something, I don't believe he sold me a bill of goods. I don't believe that he, you know, when they brought me in there in November, the first thing that I asked, the first thing that I asked is they said, are you guys in this? Are, is this? Is this a marathon? Because if you think this is going to happen overnight, you're, you're out of your mind. 
And adamantly, yes, yes, yes. And I know Steve fought like mad for us. And I, I know a couple of the, the guys behind the scenes, the sales guy fought like mad for us. I think it was things um, bigger than that, like with the company with greater media and, and some of their um, sales and things, things that are out of my logic. I mean, you'd have to talk to Henson about stuff like well, that. I mean, I he's mean, so in tune with the business. I, I look at the way that, though, that 105.1 approached being the oh, it was new, deplorable. Yeah, the new was dog deplorable. in the market. It was deplorable. How did you look the at f- that as f- just a radio person when you go, look, you're already number two. Things aren't necessarily getting better. If anything, they're getting worse. And you're not going after 97.1. You're not I, I making yourself noticeably different. The one thing that you have to remember, you know, and, and you know, I don't know if you're – I don't mean this sound disrespectful. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this. No, I'm probably there's not. A lot of, there's, <laughs> there, there were a lot of mistakes in building DFN to what it eventually came to. There were a lot of mistakes in, in building XYT into what it eventually came to. I mean, we could have a blast, Jeff, if we sat here and talked about some of the guys that came in and out of chairs and stuff. So I, I, I think it's a process, first and foremost. I talked to Steve. The first time I talked to Steve was, I don't know, maybe a year before I started. And he asked me what I thought. And I said, you, you blew your chance for – a good first impression. He said, what do you mean? And I said, you, you work in a building, Howard Stern conquered every other market, every other market in the nation. Couldn't do Detroit. Except for one. Yeah. And, and I said, that show is on your station. That guy is on your station in, in Drew Lane. I said, Detroiters want Detroit. And I think, which is what I said the first day. I was the only person at that opening press conference. It's a and I said town. to Drew Lane, you, Amen. I said, Drew, you beat Howard Stern. And you're putting Mike and Mike in the I morning. I couldn't believe it. I That's the one thing. I mean, when you look at thir- that station existed 34 months. And for 30 of those months, over 30 of those months, you had Mike and Mike in the morning. And we talked about this last week on the phone when I said asked you if you would do the show. I said, ESPN radio doesn't bring you that much. Nope. You could have gone with NBC radio. You could have gone with CBS radio. You could have gone with anyone. ESPN was going to compel them to put on Mike and Mike. As part of, you want ESPN, you got to put them on mm-hmm. for X amount of uh, months. Mm-hmm. It made no sense from get from 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 the day one when, I, and I said it to him like, "You've got to go local." You, as bad as Stony McAllister is for sports fans, because that's not a sports show. If you put Mike and Mike on, which you can get on satellite, if you got XM series, you can listen to that on that. You got a counter program to at least something local. And they didn't do it. So, Sean, what I'm really hearing from you Mm -hmm. is that even though you didn't necessarily believe in how they were approaching the Mm -hmm. market, Mm -hmm. how you didn't necessarily think they were making the right first impression. Sure. You still believed in what you were doing and you bought in to when you you went there. So what happened there? Because I'm sure some of that came from you believing in yourself, but it seems as though you also bought into what you were being sold by management. I, I, you know, it wasn't even as much. I bought into myself. I, I bought into the, the alternative idea. I did. And I think DFN, we had our time, we had our time and our time passed. I mean, whether, whether we wanted to admit it or not, I don't know. I'm not going to go through the revisionist history and go man in the high castle if DFN switched to FM, would that have been the end of 1270? I don't know. Or 97 were, and one, as it were. I don't know. I think it was cyclical. And I, in my mind, the way that 97.1 has conducted business, and, and you can say whatever you want about them, but it's been uber successful. I think that there are more people out there like you, like Jeff, like myself, 
that want to hear sports talk. And I think that was one thing in the morning. And I heard, Jeff, I know you said it, and Tony Paul had said it, and a few other people said it to me. I was never, my personality, I was never going to attract the non-sports fan. I, you know, if you're a sports fan, hopefully you'll listen to me, even if you hate my guts. You know, at least you can go, I don't agree with him, but at least the dude knows what he's talking about. He brings it factually. I was never going to attract somebody that was a non-sports fan. So I told them all along, we're not going to really make a mark until the fall. Because in my mind, when you turn on the radio first thing Monday morning, what do you want to listen to? Some people that actually spent the whole weekend watching what the Tigers did, watching what Michigan State, Michigan, and the Detroit Lions did, or do you want to talk about your favorite ice cream? You know what I mean? That was that was always my mindset. So that's when I thought we were going to make our mark. But, you know, we never, we never got to that point, and that's a business. It's no sour grapes, you know? There were two issues that I thought I had that I had with them bringing you on mm-hmm. and not you utilizing you properly. So they bring you to middays, mm-hmm. and you're doing that show, and you improve on Derry's ratings. From what I, you don't have to comment on it, but from what I see, you're improving on Derry's ratings. Who, after his non-compete expired, um, he gets that he takes over for Rico and Ryan, and you you improve those when you get there. To me, the Two mistakes they made with you, or one, they move you to mornings. And I've been tracking this ever since I started the website. There's never been a show in the mornings that's been a hardcore sports show that's really done any damage ratings-wise in this town. There's a reason that Stoney and McAllister are the least sports-centric station in Detroit in, in on 97.1. As bad as you want to say that Anderson and Karsh are regarding off-topic issues that aren't sports— Stoney McAllister is barely a sports show. And I'm not saying that as Jeff Moss. I'm saying it's Michael Stone talking to me one-on-one. I know this isn't your cup of tea, Moss. I know we don't talk sports that much. That's what that is. And when I say, when I say that Dave Shore, I don't think, knew the market, putting you on in the mornings to do a hardcore sports show with Mazaway and Fellhauer when you've been basically accustomed to doing a solo show, with a producer, either Marty or whoever it was, or an update person. Doug Todd. Right, Doug Todd. I, I just don't think they utilized you right. And I thought you should have either been in middays or PM Drive. Uh, it, it made no sense to me. And I thought that Shore, that move showed that Shore had no idea of what this market was about. You know, it was um, when you guys were at Killer's Thing, um, the the – the fundraiser, the Christmas thing, the bartending this thing. Past, yeah, we yeah, talked. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I talked. About to why you, you and, even moved from ninety? Yeah, I remember, <laughs> Justin. And shout out to Spiro. Spiro actually said to me, "What the hell are you doing?" And I told him, "I said, you know, there are two things. Number one, I really believe that people want to hear sports. Um, the middays work great for me. Like I told Dave, point blank, my son is a senior in high school now. You know, I'm never going to get this time back in my life." I'm never Wait, ever. What is he? Yeah, he's going to be a senior this year. Isn't that unbelievable? Fuck, I know. Just go it's put incredible. A bolt in my head. My daughter, my <laughs> daughter, Lauren is is starting middle school. The, the, these are Christ. things in life. I'm never. I'm never getting this time back. So the one thing that I noticed getting off at six o'clock. You really should do a blog and talk about all the personal like conversations you have with uh, Jack about <laughs> life and. How you guys are like going to be growing apart soon? It's it's weird, dude. It's I, I said the code word here. Should, the safe word should be smokehouse. <laughs> no, you know. It, so when the the opportunity, I told my bosses the same thing. Getting off at six o'clock was, was difficult because a lot of times, you know, I have to run off 
to go do a hockey game, to go do, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, I wanted to be there for my kids' things, you know, especially with Jack going to his senior year. So the midday thing worked well. It was funny. Tony called me, Tony Paul called me, I don't know, late May or early June. And it's when some rumor was going around that Drew was going to be coming back or Drew would be doing mornings or something. And I was like, I would give him the mornings. He's Drew Lane. He's Drew. Well, that's what where I, does Drew want to work? That's I, where well, Drew I don't Lane know. can work. I, I said from day one the, the the original sin was not putting him on the Drew Lane show. should have been on the morning. I agree. Drew Lane had been on the morning for his whole life. But I was told two things. Drew didn't want to do mornings. And it was going to cannibalize Chuck and, uh, you know, the, the Riff morning show. That Dave and Chuck, yeah. Dave and Chuck that they replaced. So I don't know. But to me, I, I, I just think that you should have been anywhere but morning. Because we can go back to, we can go through Butch Stearns. We could go through... Henson and Jamie. We can go through Brady. It's just never been a ratings bonanza just to talk yep. hardcore sports in the well, morning. Yeah, I mean, and we can we can bitch about Mike and Mike all we want, but uh, there is a reason they get really good ratings. It's because they're a light sports show. Not here, and well, not here. I'm saying ratings. They 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 do fine. They wouldn't be on the air if they weren't. Um, you can watch them on TV, and you can hear them on satellite. Of course. because What do the, you need them on 105.1? They're easy to sell to sponsors. It's easy to sell something like that to sponsors. They do fine. Not, not here. Not here. I'm not talking about here. But that's my point is that I don't think you can do Mike and Mike here because people in Detroit don't give a shit about national well, let me sports. Let me ask you a question. Hold on. Let me ask you a question. Let me finish. Hold, no, no, hold on. Let me finish hold what on. I'm saying Hold first. on. Let me ask a question. <laughs> Were you dubious of moving from middays to morning? No, I wasn't. I, I should have been in retrospect. I should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Then let me finish my question. All I was saying was, did you, I, again, I was saying something similar was, mm-hmm. were you worried that being a hardcore sports guy, a sports guy who you yourself said, you don't think you, you are, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That you appeal to a more general sect mm-hmm. Do you think it was really the right idea to put you on in the morning? Uh, you know, again, in retrospect, probably not. You know, I mean, and that's that's, you know, the the one thing it, it's kind of funny because everybody plays the 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 blame game and everything. I'll own what I have to own. Look, I was I was eventually part of the problem. I I didn't get enough good enough ratings. Period. End of story. And if I own that, and I have to own that, I have no choice but to own that. I would hope that the person that's pointing the finger at me saying that would also say. Wow, eight months probably wasn't a good barometer. Eight months probably wasn't enough time. I guess it'd be one thing if you didn't see that there was some growth that was minimal. It wasn't enough. I own what I own. But I think to only have eight months, that's the bummer part of it. But Well, do you feel uh, like you were lied to? You made, you went from a job that you were doing pretty well at out of your home at 96.1. They wanted you to come to mm-hmm. 105.1. Do you feel that you were... There was deception involved in what the overall plan was going forward. Uh, from Chisari, no. From the company, they changed their mind. There's no doubt about it. None. I don't. I, how could you? How could you argue otherwise? I firmly believe. Well, Tony Paul was willing to make one thousand dollar bets based on information that was being leaked to him I fir- by greater media executives. I firmly believe that that Steve Chisari um, was one hundred percent all in. And he was he was so all in 
that I think in the summertime, some things were going to start changing at the station because the one thing, like from the day that I got that back there, and Jasper, this goes back to what you talked about. I said, we got to do this right. We got we to, you know, let's get our uh, a show. I mean, Fellhauer and I basically said, Michigan, Ohio State week, please put art on. It's a holiday. Put art on. It's it's Thanksgiving weekend. People are going to want to hear from Art Regner. Right. And I know a lot of people um, did that as well. Um, Tony Paul, uh, I wanted to get Tony involved. I wanted to get Rod Beard involved. I wanted to get my buddy Scott Bischoff involved because I don't know if you ever heard Scott. He's like a scout. And, right. and, it, and it's something you don't hear on the radio. And well, I know what a puck how, guy how you much are, this, How much how puck m- talk to him? But how much of this is because Dave Shore was an L.A. guy who didn't know the market. I mean, point blank, in my opinion, if you know you've got a provincial market and you hire a guy from Tampa, mm-hmm. a guy from L.A., mm-hmm. you put on a morning show, which is an ESPN national show, which you can get on two different formats. How much of that was the issue that you didn't – that the person programming didn't know the city? I think Dave figured it out after a couple months. I can't speak for Dave, but I think Dave figured it out for a couple months. I'll say this about Dave. He wasn't afraid to ask people questions. He wasn't afraid to walk in and go, hey, what's this market like? What's this market like? In retrospect, I mean, to me, I didn't why know. Should the, someone, we were dead. Why should someone be asking people, what's this market like? If it's me, I'm hiring a per- Who already knows the market. Who knows? Because and, and, because if not, you're, if dead not in the, you're already right. You're you already are looking dead in the water at this point. And when you hire somebody who doesn't know the market, and it seems as though you are so far behind already, and there's no way you can catch up, why would you bring someone in who needs to learn if you're not really going to put the time in in the money and the investment? Into this you station. That's that's what it was. It, eventually, it it hit me in the springtime. Anything that we do, we're going to have to do on our own because the cavalry's not coming. So when did you? So is that when you realized that there was a chance that this was going to be yep. it? Yep. Because um, but you again, said that I you thought felt it was like December. You were, yeah, you I thought, thought you December. got till December. Yep, I thought December. I was being told 2018. Yeah, that they that they were going. After the Philadelphia model. Mm-hmm. And when I said to you back in December, the mm-hmm. killer function, mm-hmm. I'm like, why did you do this? Basically, I think I got two years. And you thought you had two years and you had eight months. Yeah. it. They, like I said, I don't – honestly, Jeff, I'd tell you. I, I hope you know it. Steve was sincere. I think Steve fought to the, the bitter end for us. And um, the way that it was described to me – is they finally got a call before the quarter ended. I think the quarter ended June 30th, and they got a call in in gosh June 24th or 25th and said, we're not doing this anymore and, and pulling the plug. And, again, the reasons for it, I don't know. I, I heard that they're doing some restructuring. I heard they're doing this, that, and the other thing. And I, I heard know. the station was for sale. I don't, that I they don't were in – I think it was Kevin Adele who was selling Channel 38 to the government basically just for the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I heard that – a month before the station flipped, and I don't know if you heard anything similar, mm. but that they were looking to sell the station because someone, a local businessman, wanted a turnkey sports station. He didn't want to start from the scratch. He didn't want to have to go hire talent. 
but you guys already have the infra- infrastructure. You're already ESPN. You already got the program. And whether or not he likes Lindsey Hunter or whoever is involved, someone who wanted a sports station, and like I said, I think it was Kevin Adele. You never heard anything about that? or um, Three weeks beforehand, we had this meeting where we were actually talking about um, adding things. Um, it was June 10th. I don't remember. But it was June Two weeks 8th, before the whatever. Flip. Three, yeah, three yeah. weeks before they flipped. And they were talking about adding things. And we had um, our consultant, a uh, guy by the name of Rick Scott, ask me my opinion on Braylon Edwards. And I, I thought Braylon was really good on the radio. Uh, I, I like Braylon personally. Um, when when we did a few shows at Christmas time a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact, Ken Holland actually said to me, he was like, Braylon knows his shit. You know, not like that. He didn't use that term. I yeah, don't I don't think Braylon was going to go all Prashanth Iyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, what's the Corsi yeah. for Drew Miller? He, he was pretty gonna, comfortable for Ken Howland. He, he they have Braylon Edwards on. He wasn't going to talk about the three nine five anchor to twenty twenty. But no. I, I mean, but you knew Braylon wasn't just throwing things out there. He wasn't just throwing things out there. You could tell he did his homework and everything. Um, Tony's name came up again because right. I think we're both in. I, I think Tony brings a perspective that's really missing from this market. I, I really do. It's it's a in your face baseball perspective and, and I, I, I think he's great on the air. Um I've always felt that way. That's why I was happy that we had him on the show in nine six one. So we were talking about all these things and I'll be honest with you, we our our spirits were were up. And it's funny because I read your article and you're right. I'm I'm gonna go back to what we talked about to what I said to you, Jasper, earlier. Were our ratings great? No, they weren't. They were going up. Like, finally, we were starting right. to see something going up. And I think we were all a little jacked up about that because we hadn't really seen any kind of a, a boost. And now, all of a sudden, you couple that with, well, holy crap, they're talking about maybe adding Braylon Edwards and, and Tony Paul and Rod Beard. And three weeks later, we're sitting in that room. And like I told you, it was about 24 hours earlier that I finally started to think, this might happen. And then that afternoon, I knew it was going to happen. Right. Well, see, I, I hear you saying that, Sean, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to attack you here by any case. Dude, but, say what you want. <laughs> but the last numbers that came out, it was a point seven. Mm-hmm. That was the lowest. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about Tony Paul. You already had Tony Paul. So I'm hearing you say things were going up. Things were feeling better. But I look at the numbers, and the numbers were not going up at the end, at the very end. Sure. And the guys you're talking about bringing on, you already had one of them on. Um, You talk about, like, Braylon Edwards, he knew his stuff. But, I mean, did he really know his stuff in all four sports? Because I'm sure Lindsey Hunter knew some stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Lindsey Hunter, he had a black book Mm -hmm. of, of people he could call up. But that sure didn't do anything for them. So I wonder... You're saying this, but was that really what you were seeing, or is that kind of what you guys wanted if, to see? If you looked at if you looked at the twelve plus numbers, the twelve plus numbers sucked. You're absolutely right, um, Jeff. You know this because you've <laughs> I've, I've seen many of your articles back in the day about the um, the, the numbers and everything. Um, Mail twenty five fifty four counts. That's mm-hmm. that counts. That's yeah. You know, right or wrong for whatever it's worth. That's what people look at. So that was really the only thing that we had to look at, and I think. For a station, it starts with that. I really do think it starts with 12, 2554. Uh, good point on Braylon. I don't know. All I can tell you is I did a bunch of shows with him, and you can tell when a guy doesn't know his crap. Mm-hmm. And, and it didn't come across like that to me. 
Um, they did have Tony. Why they let Tony go, I have no idea. I have my theories, uh, but those are exactly it. They're theories. Would, would those theories uh, be I'm similar to, to uh, the theories why you didn't get hired at I th- first? I, th- I believe they are. I've waited 47, 47 <laughs> minutes and 50 seconds for this, so we'll get into this now. Sure. Okay. So back when you ended up leaving DFN and going to 96.1, mm-hmm. this was a time when I was still talking to Matt Derry, who was an original hire at 105.1. Uh, he had to wait out his non-compete, ended up being the midday guy. Eventually, after Drew left, he's the PM guy. It's it's my belief that Derry sabotaged you from day one uh, with Dixon. And, and, and when you ended up being on middays, and Derry and Sharp, which we'll get into Sharp sooner or later, even though it's 48 minutes in and we have a sofa to destroy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Derry. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. We'll, I, 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 to me, and I used to be friends with Derry, mm-hmm. and we had private messages, which are not so private anymore. Not, which aren't private anymore. And when you got, They helped me out. When you get the so you get the gig at at one oh five one and the major contribution of Dave Shore is crosstalk. So now you've got to talk with Derry in between the shows. Mm-hmm. And me being the asshole I am, not denying it, I've got these direct messages from Derry mm-hmm. where when you went when you left when you were removed from DFN, you go to nine six one and you give it an an you innocuous quit, right? You give it I, a, I quit. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 it's right. funny because right. no, you know it's funny, Jeff. Let me just clear. I've heard that's one of the things. That, well, there's a reason he's bounced around so much. I was at DFN for 12 years and I left on my own. And how long was Derry there? Um, Pretty similar, probably. I'm guessing 12, 13. Yeah, right. he, he got there before he I. He was did. your freaking update guy. Yeah, I I left. I mean, that's really funny because I it, I mean, just in fairness, I heard people. Oh, you you've been fired here. No, I wasn't. I left. You know. The backstory. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that killer right, stuff right, later. Yeah, I want to. I, I do want to talk about what happened in the days before Killer passed away, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But to the thing with the dairy thing, so everybody knows the history between me and Dairy. We've been friendly for many years. We're going back and forth. I thought it was co- completely odd that you give an innocuous article. You know, I'm I'm guessing someone from M Live contacted you mm-hmm. to do an article about your next move. You're going mm-hmm. to nine six one. And you do, there's an article. Derry bombs you uh, for that article saying, if I was going to Grand Rapids, I'd hide. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be talking to anyone. If I'm going to whatever the 67, I don't know what market is, Grand Rapids, from Detroit, I wouldn't talk to anyone. And Whose be- mind thinks that way, by the way? Can I, no, can I can I be uh, honest? A, a Newhouse graduate, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but you didn't graduate from Newhouse. No, can I? Can so. I? Can, well, no, because you know what? My first responsibility is to my family. And if they're paying right. me well and I like what I'm doing, who the hell cares if I'm in Bay City? You know, Alaska right? or Des Moines, Iowa. I love my job. If you're putting food in your family's that. mouth, right? what does I've it not, matter? I've never understood that. But So dairy and direct messages to me – and look, I was, I'm not saying I'm in the right. I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have posted them, but I'm an asshole. And I was mad at dairy because when push came to shove – and Terry Foster goes and tells his 30, 40,000 30, 40, followers that I'm a racist. 
when I have a job completely separate from this. Which, I mean, by I, the way, which by the way is how I found out about the DSR. Right, Terry right. Foster calling you a racist, right. on which Twitter. is thousands of people. <laughs> I mean, I make no money from this. I'm losing money. I spent a hundred dollars at Home Depot today buying an axe and tarps. I mean, this is a losing proposition. I tried. I make money in insurance appraisal business. You know. Yeah. For Terry Foster to go out and call me a racist, and a guy who I thought was a friend say, "Look, go to Terry and tell him to say I'm not a racist," or go on Twitter and say. I'm not a racist. And for him to say, after a 12-, 13-year relationship, no, you're on your own. I'm not going to do anything. I got pissed. I don't think it's full outrage. I don't think it's bullshit. I was I was mad. And I've taken it on Derry ever since. And when you were doing crosstalk with him, and I thought this was an opportunity. Look, I'm going to release these, these messages to show every, the world what Matt Derry really thought about what Sean did when he went from me. DFN to 96.1. So what happened what, what happened there? I post an article, and we all know everyone in the media is reading what I'm posting. <laughs> I, I don't think that's any secret. It's amazing what, how many people I didn't know came up to me. Right. So what happened? I, to this day, um, I, I don't know what I ever did to get on his bad side. And I'm going to say what I said at the beginning as well. Uh, Jeff, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. Um, he apologized to me. He apologized to me in front of people. Did you bring up – Moss is posting on the site he, these messages where he's saying I'd be hiding if I went from he, um, Detroit to Grand Rapids. He, he called me in the morning and and said uh, – he left a message and and said, can I talk to you? And I, I said, Matt, there's really nothing to talk about. This isn't new. I, I had known about a lot of this stuff, not just to you, Jeff, but just in general for many years and – um. Back in 2012, I kind of, I kind of had the fill of it one day, and I just called him up out of the blue, and I just said, "If I've, if I've done something to you, if I've disrespected you, if I've demeaned you, if I've knifed you, can I, can we get it out there? Because I, I hear this stuff from this person and that person and this person and that person. What did I do? Did I do, dude? Oh, you, you listen to people too much. You're my you dog. Don't worry about it." And at that point in time, you know what you do? You you raise your hands and say, I've done what I can do. I've humbled myself. I can't fight what I can't see. Um, so when that stuff came out, it, I didn't have to say anything. Um, he called me, and then I had people in the building um, kind of approach me and go, whoa. And I, I was a little upset. I said, look, I've dealt with this a long time. And I think um, – Unfortunately, like you, I think there's some people that worked with me for years at the fan that maybe could have gotten my back in the past and they didn't. I don't, were they afraid of Matt's ways? I don't know. I have no idea. So I just I kind of let it go. And I told you, um, killer, killer's quote, the people that know, know, um, kind of was the thing that I lived by. But I had enough one day back in 2012. And then I dropped it. And I, I just texted him back. I said, don't worry about it. It's it's not stuff that I didn't know. And to his credit, he drove straight to the station. And he apologized to me man-to-man, face-to-face. And the only thing that I asked him was why. I was like, what did I ever do to you? What? I've heard about I'm a bad guy. I've heard I've knifed this person, knifed that person. Can you give me one example so I can better understand it? No. Hmm. Okay, well, then why? Because Why? it was competitive edge. Yeah. What winning in the workplace. What is that? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I so I 
I got a little angry at that point in time, but I let it go. It's just, you know, and. But if someone well, is working against you, if someone's telling a know. program director. Never made sense to me. Don't never, hire the guy. Never made sense to me. Never. Especially the last days of DFN, the first version. You were, the two of you were like the last, I mean, you were the last guys on the island. He moved himself from the afternoon show to my show. I'm, period. Right. End of story. Well, and, and that's what I'm sort of hearing, Sean, is is you're saying that things in terms of being uh, competitive between you, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it's a thing as much anymore. Um, this feeling as though he's going against you, it doesn't feel like that's a feeling anymore. No, but I don't you think did, so. You did just say, though, that you felt as though when you were at WDFN that mm-hmm. there was maybe people who – did not get your back when they could have. No, when- after the fact. Okay, after, I think at, at, at twelve, at twelve seventy, I you know, contrary to popular belief, I actually have some legitimate friends in the business, mm-hmm. um, and and I had a couple people tell me that there was stuff there, and I had a couple people tell me that there were um, you know conversations with the television station that I'm affiliated with, and how do you defend yourself when you look at a guy in the eye and go? So my, so my question is, do you see Matt Derry being back in this market ever again? Because it seems to me and it sounds to me like he's made well, so many the, enemies. Is it was one sports station. Seriously, it, it seems as I mean, though, well, even if there is a new sports station, whoever's going to be there is going to undoubtedly be affiliated with the people that are in this market right now, that have been in this market. I, I think there's going to be... Some holdover from that. Do you really see Matt Derry getting another job in this market? Um, I don't. I'll just be. I would never say um, don't hire him or anybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I, I. And if that makes me a puss, so be it. I think that's evil shit. When when you make a point to say don't hire Jasper because you have whatever the personal vendetta may be. You work with Jeff Moss. I, I think I, no, but you know, I mean, I think that's evil shit. I, I do. And, well, that sounds, but that from what I'm hearing, that's something that's, that Matt did. That's though. something I reached out to Henson a few weeks ago because I, I heard Greg was on Ryan Schuling's show. He's a mutual friend. And Greg made a comment like he, he had mutual heard through the grapevine. Yes. He had, he had heard through the grapevine that, um, you know, there were some people that went out of their way to walk upstairs to tell uh, the big boss or whomever, don't hire Henson. And I just, out of respect to Greg, I picked up the phone and said, Greg, I know you and I haven't always seen eye to eye, but I hope, and he goes, I know. He goes, I, I, he goes, that's not you. You know, and Greg and I had a great conversation. I would never F with somebody's life. And that was the only thing that I said uh, out of anger, I think, when, I guess, not to go all lay Miz on you, the confrontation happened. Um, I just said, you, dude, you're you're effing with people's lives. Too bad Spiro wasn't here for the right. lay Miz like reference. He'd well, pop. he's a big lay wow. Miz guy too. So. I never produced a uh, performance where Sean appeared in. That yeah. was so much fun, dude. I got to be honest with you. But it was honestly, that was something that's unfathomable to me. That's well, why would you the, the F dairy with thing? Life. Well, the, dairy, the dairy thing is so bizarre because he said, you know, one of our common interest was Howard Stern. One of the mm-hmm. things we talked about mostly over the 12 or 13 years was Stern before we had the falling out. And one thing Howard Stern always said was, I never told either K-Rock or XM Sirius, don't hire this guy. Yeah, this guy bashed me when he was in Orlando. Bubba the Love Sponge. Yeah, we went after each other. You know, he said things about me. I would never take food off of someone's plate. 
And that's what basically I think Derry did to you. Because I, to me, if what I'm told is accurate in that he went to Dixon and said, this guy is affiliated with X and Y. I was Don't your mole. Dig him. I, I know for a fact I was accused of being your mole, which... And, um, I, and I swear, the only one time I would say if I got a story and and someone you for asked confirmation, me about Dave. you asked me about right. Dave, and I told you about Dave. Only time I have I have no problem talking. I'll take a that. fucking yeah. polygraph. So why? And it, <laughs> no story came you from you primarily. But if I had a story and I said I would like to get some confirmation before I run with it, I'll send it to Sean. And say is this true or not? You just say no comment or it's true. But nothing ever came from you. I've I've never, uh, Jeff, and I, again, I look. I, I've said this to you. I I've said this to Spiro. In the times that you've known me, and the time that Justin have known me, life's too short to go around bashing other people. You have personal differences with people. You may not like this guy. You may not like that guy. But like, I'm gonna pick up the phone or or, or private message Jeff and go, man, that Jasper. What an sob! What? Yeah, you got to do something. Like, why would you? I that doesn't You're make right. sense. <laughs> it's it doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, again, uh, it. I don't know. I that was the one thing that I asked. I didn't get an answer, but I I got to give the guy full credit for apologizing. I think it's sad though because I do think there are some people at ninety seven one. Although I don't fit there, I know mm-hmm. I don't fit there. I talked to Jimmy Powers a few years ago. Seems like a really good guy. But when I left the fan, we we went to breakfast. Seems like a really good guy. I think there's some people there, and I've been told by some people that work there, that he's kind of poisoned the well about me, and that's okay. I, I, I he just, got fired from that, I kind of I kind of hope that the people maybe that maybe felt that way about me have had time to rethink that. And you, you could say I suck on the air. You can say that I'm an idiot. You can say I'm not smart. I'm not going to argue with too much of that. God bless you. I never, I never, God God bless you. You can get mad at that. (laughs) I've never, I've never, there's no bodies in my closet, man. And they're never going to be. Never. So we've discussed on air some of the things that we thought you should have done differently Mm -hmm. at, not just you, I'm saying 105.1 in general. Yeah. Well, what we thought should have been done differently um, primarily going after 97 one mm-hmm. in some any capacity, which never to us seemed like ever happened. Um, doing something like integrating, you're an ESPN station. There seems to be a really a lack of local ESPN writers on 105.1. Mm-hmm. The, the beat writers, it did not seem as though were being utilized properly and. Even when there were beat writers, it were they weren't ESPN beat writers, mm-hmm. which seemed bizarre to both mm-hmm. of us. Why would you not integrate your product with your own product? Um, there were a lot of things that we didn't necessarily care for, but I'm interested to hear what would you have done differently? Being inside, because we don't have the inside perspective that you do – what would you have done differently? Are there things that you thought you could have done differently? Or would staying the course have been the right idea in your mind? We had to add more. I think, you know, um, Jasper, I, I hate to keep repeating this. This is a process. This is, what was a famous quote? Was it O'Hara said DFN is going to be out in six months? Was that the quote, Jeff? Do you so. remember? Yeah, I think O'Hara um, and, and then, you know, People forget 1270, they were on checkmate. They can, they can say whatever they want now, 
They can because they've earned that right after nine years. They were on checkmate. If 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 we would have gone, when I say we, DFN, if we would have gone to 106.7, I, I, I think that may have been the end of them. I don't know definitively, but I think that may have been the end of them. I, in my mind from day one, what they should have done is say, we're going to be here six to six, period, end of story. We're going to be here six to six. And I get it at night. Sometimes you can't do some things. The Pistons are going to, the Pistons are going to, you know, have some nights and everything. But what they should have done is, is they should have had the weekend program. They should have had Tony Paul doing a baseball show. They should have, I, I did that hockey show. I, I don't know if you guys ever listen. Mm-hmm. I did that hockey show because I love the gosh damn game. I wasn't being paid anything for it. And you know what? This is where we did utilize some of those people. I utilized some of the people that I know in town. I got to know a great guy in Craig Custance, who I think does a fantastic job for ESPN. Um, you know, got to call, you know, some of the people I know. Mr. Kermanis came on the first show, and you know, the Red Wings were great and, and everything. Those are the things that you have to do. We're going to be here. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here. And again, my mistake, I guess my my naive mistake was thinking we were building up to that. But I'm going to say it again. I really firmly believe that Steve Chisari um, felt that way too, that it came down right at the very, very end. Well, do, do you feel – wait, let me just finish on, it. It's a follow-up. Hold on. Do you feel as though not being allowed to go after 97-1 held you guys back as a station? Because it didn't seem like you were even allowed to. Um, or was there no inclination to? You, you know, it's not my style. It's not my style. And this is where, you know, if you want to call me a puss, go right ahead. It's not my style, which is really funny because I, that was – sorry, it just popped into my head. How can one simultaneously be a puss and yet be this person that's constantly knifing people and stuff? I, I never quite understood that. But, um, Jeff, you and I talked about this last week when you asked me to come on. They needed, in my mind, Jasper, a mixture of things. They needed um, – I'll use Ryan Schuling as an example. I think Ryan's a tremendous talent. I think Very Ryan's good. a good guy. I think I think they needed a guy like Ryan Schuling. I think they needed um, a guy like me who – look, I'm just going to give you sports. But I think at the same time they needed some fire. They needed Greg Henson. They needed Jeff Moss. You can't, you can't come up with a sledgehammer from 6 to 6 and pound for that 12 hours. But you know what you can do? You can say – this is here's our sports guy. Not to say that Jeff or Greg or whomever wouldn't be sports guys, but they're going to take up the sledgehammer and pound away. I, I think you have to make them a target. I wasn't going to be the guy that made them a target. So, um, you know, I, again, I'll own what I can own. I, I'm part of the failure, whether I want to admit it or not. Period. End of story. Let's go back a little. So let's go back to 961 for a second. Mm-hmm. Were there any good Bill Simonson stories? Because the DSR. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to like this. Wrote a long article regarding the foibles of the man who calls himself huge, mm-hmm. and he had it out with a lot of people, including mm-hmm. the person who's now currently his morning mm-hmm. show host. Uh, was there any? Was there any? I, I, I obviously, never. By, never, never anything. Never. I I had heard like you, I had heard um, the horror stories about Bill. Every single one. Of my conversations with Bill were fine. I never had any problem with him. He actually, um, he really um, touched me. When Killer died, I think you, it was, I can't, like to this moment, I still, it can't hurts. Believe it. Yeah, yeah, it hurts because like what people don't understand is like, I mean, here's my friend. 
I mean, he was my, he was, you don't have a lot of friends in this business. He was my friend. And um, my kids did call him Uncle Killer. That wasn't bullshit. My kids, I was in the car with my kids when I found out and they burst into tears. And I'll never forget that. And Bill sent me the nicest note. And, and I'll never forget that. I, He's I don't know why. He's good at sending notes. I, <laughs> he sent I, me some. It really, it really, um, it really like touched me. I mean, you said a lot of nice things, and with all due respect, it'll say between us. But um, I'll never forget that because it just hit me at the right moment. You know, because that whole afternoon, I was thinking to myself, "How the f- am I going to go on on the radio today?" And my old operations manager called me and said, "Stay home." And I was like, "Like hell, like hell, I'm right. staying home. I'm going into work." But the whole time, I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm going to start crying. And, um, boy, Bill sent me a really nice note. I'll never forget that. And so there was nothing between you and Simon. Never, ever. What, it, never. what was the story? Between, there was a lot of, I'll use an Italian word, agita, mm-hmm. <laughs> regarding what was, go, what was going on the last weekend before Killer passed. It seemed like there was <laughs> a lot of... Um, what where the show was going on at that yeah. point it was you killer Ryan, Terp, yep. Ryan Terpstra mm-hmm. will be here to destroy the sofa soon hopefully oh good um what was going on that weekend was there because, did Ryan ever see, tell you did I ever tell you I, I don't know okay. to this day um, it seemed to me that your producer the gov <laughs> Tom Milken had words with killer I've never gotten to the bottom of what was going on and what was coming up I'm not and I'm not blaming anyone mm-hmm, obviously. Mm-hmm. Killer had heart problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Nobody's going to say why he, he, he passed away that day in the shower on that Monday morning. I don't know, but there seemed to be a lot of stress going on that weekend. What was going on between Killer and what was going to be yeah. the future of DFN? We um, Doug was our producer. Um, Gov was um, Doug Todd. The yeah, inspector. I, I love Doug. He's just such a good guy. Um, Doug was our producer. Um, my contract was coming up. It was. Um, my contract was up on Jack's birthday, um, which was Wednesday, August 31st. And um, my uh, demands, my demands were um, make Doug full-time, give him benefits. Oh, he wasn't at that point? Those were my demands. Right. That, those were my demands. And um, we got to a point where Sunday, which would have been the 28th, came around and nothing. So I just said, I'm not. That's it. You know, they need to know I'm serious. And when I say they need to know I'm serious, that wasn't my way of saying this is it. This was my way of saying, no, this is really it. I, I uh, contacted both the, the program director in, in Grand Rapids um, and the operations manager and the program director and operations manager in Detroit. And I said, guys, it's been fun. We did the two years. I'm done on Wednesday. And this is on Sunday, the day this before Killer This is Sunday, the day before Killer passed. Right. Killer called me, and to say that we, swear alert, motherfucked each other would be an understatement. We motherfucked each other like two friends would do. And he said, you can't do this. And I said, Tom, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with this. No, this, they're going to do this or not. We bloom, 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 probably 10, 15 minutes long, and then he hung up on me, and I thought that was it. And then he called me five minutes later, and in ways that only Tom did— he talked me into going into the station the next day and re-signing. What the management DFN never knew is that that conversation took place. Right. Because the next day, uh, I went to, as my son's seventh grade orientation, 
And uh, I came out. I was in there for a half hour, and my phone blew up. You know, I'm in seventh grade orientation. I'm not bringing my phone in and everything. Uh, and my phone blew up with all these messages. And so the first message on there was, was from Killer's phone. And I called it, and there was no answer. And the second message on there was from Marty. And I called Marty, and I go, what's up? And she's crying, you know, hysterically. She answers the phone. She's crying and everything. You know, I thought she was crying because they said, screw you. You're not working the next three days. And I said, oh, Marty, come on. We've been through this before. I said, what you didn't know is I told them I was leaving anyway. And she goes, you don't know. And I go, what are you talking about? She goes, Tom passed away this morning. It was, I'll never forget it because it was, um, I said it out loud, which was my mistake. I, I, what? Killer died? And my kids are in the backseat. And they, I mean, they just start crying right away. Right. So then at that point in time, you, I got to be dead. I got to be strong and everything. So it was, um, what they didn't know is I was going to resign. I was right. going to resign um, on Monday. But um, that happened, and we did the show that day, which was pure hell. And then the next day, um, Todd said to me, can you stay, like, just, like, a month? Can you, can you do this a month? And I said, I, I will, but you got to make this happen. You just – I'm not asking for much. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. Um, well, a month turned into about two months, and um, my agent at the time, the late Mike Novak – uh, called me and said, dude, they're not going to do anything. They're not, they, they, they're playing chicken with you, just so you know. And I, I, I said, I, you know, he said, I, I think they're going to give you an ultimatum today. And I was like, I've been working without a contract for two months, and you're going to get tough guy with me? Right. And they did. It's the business. You don't, again, you don't hold any grudges. They did. And I think they thought that I'd blink. And I said, okay, well, today's my last show. And he was stunned. And he stayed in the office until 6 o'clock, and he goes, I'm going to need your key card, and I handed him the key card. And again, I think in that moment, he still thought that I was playing chicken with him. He goes, I'm not taking that. And I go, yeah, you are, because I'm gone. I, 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 one thing, just give me one thing, that's it. And they didn't do it, so that was it. And um, had Tom been there, would things have been different? I don't know. You know, maybe maybe they would have given Doug what he wanted, um, what we wanted for Doug. But that was that was yeah the reality of that weekend. Um, it was kind of crazy. It was yeah. It was it was crazy. I there isn't a day that goes by Jeff that I don't um, I don't um, think to myself that I'm so happy that I had a kiss and make up conversation with Tom because if that would have been the last conversation that we had, right? I I'd have blamed myself to this day. I, I would have blamed myself to this day for what eventually happened and. You know, the sad reality is he, Tom Tom was so open. He, he's just – he's one of the most genuine human beings I've ever known. But a, there were certain things he was very private about, and that was one thing he was very private about. He didn't want people to know that a couple months previous to that he had a stent placed in and that there were some issues because it was – None of that came out until after. It was allegedly over. You know, he, right. he had people – he had lost like I think 19 pounds – and he was he was doing so well, and um, but what they said later was it was the widowmaker that it, you know got in his system, and that was it. But it I, I mean, to this day I think about it, Jeff, and like honestly, I like I force myself not to cry because it isn't just somebody you were. I mean, he was a friend, and in this business, you, there aren't a lot of people you can consider a friend, 
And that's the one thing. I've been fortunate to do this for 21 years, and I, I, boy, I can't count too many friends, legitimate friends. And that show, even though it was on a station that after 5 o'clock at night you couldn't hear, basically, it was still doing pretty good. I think, what, male 30, 25 to 54 in the threes? I think our Going last – I'll give you this one. I think our last book was a four-flat. Against, which was against un, Valente and Which Foster. was unbelievable. Right. We were stunned. On AM. On AM. We were yeah. stunned. And look, it was Tom. Tom. Tom was Tom. I the reason why Tom and I started working together. I had told him maybe a decade earlier, "You're a radio guy, and you just don't know it." Oh, whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. And then he got in and started doing it every day, and he freaking loved it. I mean, he loved it, and he was good at it. He had a way to connect with people in in in. A way that not many people do. I mean, hell, who else is going to get Jeff Moss to say nice things about him consistently? I mean, really, honestly. Tony, Tony Paul till two weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, I mean, it, and, and, you know what the main thing about Killer was? Was that he didn't take himself too seriously. Amen. And he could laugh at his foibles. And there are not many people in this business who can do that. Mm-hmm. And I could have made fun of Tom for not being aggressive or hard enough on the Matt Millen regime. Killer didn't give a shit. He'd joke with me about it. But if I do that to some other people, that person, you know, Moss is the Antichrist. Sure. And, and and Tom never thought, I mean, Tom would go to the point where he would take my full articles and say, this is what you need to be better. This is where, take out the vitriol, take out the personal attack. He would edit my article and say, this is what you should have. And I didn't agree with him. But we'd have the back and forth. But for someone to go through that exercise, like... Do you remember a few months after he passed, you you were threatening to um, blow up Matt? Gary? Yeah, and I actually... (laughs) I don't think I had ever called Jeff up to that point in time. I had to get your phone number from somebody else. Oh, yeah, you tried to talk me off a ledge. Because... And the reason I did is because I know Tom wouldn't want you to. And that was the only reason... And I remember you said to me, and I, I hate to show people the the soft side of Jeff Moss, but you said to me, you were like, dude, you're right. Because Tom, I know Tom would have said to you, Jeff, there's no reason to do it. So I I even said to you, I said, forget that I'm calling. Forget it's I'm not calling. You You know what Tom would say. You were protecting the guy who allegedly who allegedly cost you a job and was bad mouthing you at 1051. I mean, you were calling me, I'll never forget that. I was in my office in my house. And you're telling me, don't do it. Do not burn that bridge. <laughs> you, Do not go after Derek. So this funny. is the guy who allegedly <laughs> fucked you up the you, ass. Well, you were you were so that was before that stuff happened. But you were so funny. You were like, you know the things he says about you, and it's like, do you think I don't know? I, I but it was just I know. And for the people out there, you guys, you and Tom had um, an interesting relationship, and I and I respected that. And Tom uh, tried to keep me in check. Tom didn't obviously agree with everything I said. Absolutely. And Tom would try to be my mentor. And, and say, that was Look, the only reason I did yeah, it. That was right. the only reason I did it. And it didn't work. But I, <laughs> I think for the moment you, you listen to it and everything. And it just. Um, I did for the, I temporarily I did. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the day you found out the shit was hitting the fan at 105.1. Mm-hmm. Um, they're telling you from what I've told. That there's a meeting called at six o'clock mm-hmm. to to dispel the rumors that you're flipping. Mm-hmm. I found out from a board op from WMGC mm-hmm. that no, 
the station's done and they're flipping formats. I don't know what the format is. Mm-hmm. I subsequently got emails from employees at CBS Radio who knew. Two, three. All these people know before. I don't, it's amazing. But it's at amazing. two, three o'clock, I've seen emails. People at CBS Radio knew mm-hmm. that you were flipping. So I don't know. Four fifteen, I post. Look, it's fade complete. They're done. Um, to me, a couple things, and you can give me your thoughts. Mm-hmm. What I thought was kind of gross was one: they tell you that you're coming in to dispel the rumors that the sh- that the station's flipping. Two. I think his name is Jarvie. I forget his first name. Uh, he's doing the wrap-up show mm-hmm. for the day's programs, mm-hmm. and they interrupt that to play "It's a Wonderful World." <laughs> and well, for, for, even tied. before even before that, the show that was on beforehand, I, I believe it was Chapman and um, no, 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 no. It was, uh, was it? Jay, yeah, Jay, yeah, right, Jay Chapman and Pasco. And, and Pasco. I was yeah, sitting and, in the and, studio, and, and I remember at the very end of that show when Chapman signed off, he said. We'll see you tomorrow, maybe. maybe. Or, right. And he, it, it just seemed as though— What did you know, and when did you know it? It, it? Yeah, it seemed as though somebody inside of that uh, facility had read the article or had some inkling that something was about to go down. Was was that the feeling around the, the complex, for lack of a better word, on that day, especially after Jeff posted the article? I didn't believe it. I didn't really start to put merit into it. But you and, did read it. Yeah, No, I didn't because okay. I was at the Tiger game. And um, I was at the Tiger game with a couple of guys that I grew up with. And, you know, one of those things, you know, when with, with your, you know, your, your old school guys, you put the phone away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm with my boys. Didn't You're there to watch a game. And then it was about 4 o'clock. And I, I remember I, I called my wife and I said, um, you know, I'm not going to come home. I'm just going to go straight to the station. You know, she was like, okay, cool. And then I looked, and there were a bunch of messages, and all the messages kind of said the same thing. And um, Tony, Tony Paul, had called me right. and said, "Do you have a comment?" And I said, "Tony, I don't think this is happening. I don't, I don't know where this is." So to tell you how clueless I am, I'm going to guess it was four fifteen, four fifteen. I still didn't think it was happening. I still didn't think it was happening. But then when there's smoke, there's fire. And I think a lot of it had to do with because some people told me that Moss was talking about it. And people can say whatever they want about Jeff. I, I don't think Jeff throws things against the wall, just throw them against the wall. Doesn't mean, Jeff, you've always been right. But I've I know not you're not. Been, I've not always been right. I know you don't <laughs> throw things against the wall just to throw things against the wall. So Jasper, it, it hit me because it was coming from too many different places. And then the second that I walked into the building, it was maybe, I don't know, five. Mm-hmm. It had that same feeling as the day that I started. You were walking into a morgue. You, you, I don't even know how to explain it. You sense it. So when you say that, mm-hmm. again, it makes me, it makes me feel as though that the DSR was fairly widely read in that in in, in that radio station. That it was something that people were <laughs> listening to and Everybody thinking does. about. Everybody does. I mean, if they if somebody says that they don't, they're lying. And, and I think um, I would say probably you have to remember, Jeff. You started the day the Iraq War started. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I, I was gonna say <laughs> the February, one. March of two thousand three. Yeah, and um, I would say within a year, everybody did. Mm-hmm. Everybody did. Everybody knew, and I think everybody knew when um, you know, especially when the ratings came out. 
that was something that everybody liked to read because I think back then some people were blurring the lines and stuff like that. And, um, you know, back then I, Jeff didn't like me very much. But I remember one of the actually times, it was Greg Schultz who wrote that who wrote that article and I put it under my name the I first one I don't care <laughs> we I, talked about that at Northville you know, yeah, Down you know we what? talked but about I, that at Northville Down I remember one of the articles that you wrote Jeff one of the articles that you wrote um, you actually uh, you did your first awards and I forget even what the award was but you were like it was something asshole moss award it was something about the numbers and stuff and Jeff you actually said look I don't get the I don't get the appeal I don't necessarily like the guy. But you have to give him credit for for putting up numbers and stuff. And I remember I reached out to you and I said, thank you. And and you were like almost oblivious to it. You were like, I'm just doing my job, dude. Doesn't mean I like you and everything. But I appreciate that. Well, here's the thing. And and I've said that, you know, I always criticized the fact that I thought you were too nice to the callers. Mm -hmm. If a caller would call up and say, let's trade Terry Mills for Kevin Durant or whatever (laughs) it was, instead of saying, what, are you a dipshit? (laughs) Which is what I would do. You know, you were always very nice to the people, and but at the end of the day, we did a show together, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'll tell you this, which I don't think I've ever told you, about, I don't know, a year or so ago, I got I get a contact from someone who's supposedly putting together a TV um, entity to, compa- to, to compete locally with Fox Sports Detroit, and they are like, well, we're going to get the Grand Rapids-Griffins games. We're going to get the Lug Nuts games. We're going to get these different teams. But we also want to broadcast from the PBS studios in uh, Novi, not too far from your house, yeah, over on 96. Away. Yeah, And we want you to be on the show and kind of host a program. And I'm like, and this none of this ever came to fruition, like most of the calls I get from people uh, <laughs> saying that they want to be involved with me. But I said, and, 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 I'll, and I'll take a polygraph on this. I said, I think the perfect co-host for me is Belizean. Because Belizean can do a straight show. He's not fucking insane. And it's a good counterpoint to me. You know, I'm going off on how Leland should be fired on the old show that we did. And you're, eh, you know, you're hedging and things like that. And I'm screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're how can, crazy, I mean, yeah. you know, the Ryan Rayburn famous. Yeah, he's batting Ryan Rayburn second. Yeah. And, and so do I like the God bless you? Do I like being maybe pacifying callers, which I think you should probably call out on the carpet? Mm-hmm. No. But on the other hand, you're here today. We did a show together. Um, so I, I think I've been pretty fair. But I don't have any. Which complaints. leads me to a question on this is that how much influence going, going through the process where I write something and it gets picked up? I was told. Oh, picked up by, oh, by awful announcing, right. well, picked I, up by so, dead. So I'm told the day, the, the, the famous Mazaway story. You know, um, I had the day off, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's it's you have the day Convenient, off, huh? and it's yeah. um it's it's Fellhauer, Mazaway, and the guy from Ford Motor Company, Dennis Farrell, I think, mm-hmm. is, uh, who does the fantasy sports mm-hmm. stuff. We're gonna do a podcast together, right? Um, he he is uh, he's in there, the studio, and I'm told from what I've been told is that the minute Mazaway went went to they went to break about, and he's. Basically saying that girls shouldn't go home with guys; they should know what they're going to expect. That he knew he'd fucked up, and how how prevalent was the thought that if I say something that might be untoward, it gets picked up by Moss, and next thing I know, it's on Deadspin or Awful Announcing. Was that was that a thought process? Because that's what I was told. It's it's Mazza went through Mazaway's head at least. It's 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 
I was off. I was up north that weekend. Um, if you remember the next week, I did um, the, the bit that I had done at, at DFN, Skirts on Sports. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> By the know, way, uh, a skirt, Emily Waldron, who covers the minor mm-hmm. league uh, uh, Tigers report, mm-hmm. uh, said to tell you the, this skirt says hello. Hi, Emily. <laughs> no, you know, the, the funny thing is, Jeff, it, it's, you know, as I explained to you, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it again. You've known me for a long time. You can say whatever you want about me. And you have. Um, and look, it goes back to what you were just saying. I, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to be that guy. I just want to talk about sports. And you're going to offend people enough talking about sports. I mean, I think in recent years it's kind of funny. People, you know, I always make the joke, facts are mean. You know, be, people get mad when you speak factually. And I don't I, – I've never quite been able to figure that out. And I would never, like, purposely try to – I mean, do you think a station – I want you to think about this as, as, a, as an intelligent person. Do you think a station that is struggling the way that we were, do you think I would set out to be inflammatory to a bunch of female listeners? I would have to be the dumbest human being on earth. Now, if you want to say that I was the dumbest human being on earth, that I couldn't figure out that some people would take that the wrong way, I'll own it. And that's why I, I always explain. I, my point on that was it was just tone deaf, I thought. You've got, you're absolutely you've got, you've right. got Derry a couple months earlier. You're absolutely right. Uh, the Michelle uh, Beadle getting issue. Getting called out. Well, not that. It was called. Oh, it, I, it, I forgot it, about it, that one, No, too. it was the other. Uh, it was the sexual assault with Peyton Manning and the, and the Oh, girls yeah. Against, she looked loose. That makes awful announcing. That becomes national. Well, the, the Michelle Beadle stuff was and on awful was, announcing as well. That was a year earlier. And then you have the day before the Mazaway stuff yeah. regarding... You know, don't go home to a football player's dorm unless you expect to have sex. And then the next day, skirt on sport. I think it, you can't view it in a vacuum. I it just think it, it looked bad. You, dude, I, and when you and many others explained <laughs> that to me, um, I owned it. And, and I would hope that I would own anything. And I got, quite frankly, shit on that day. Uh, but... I wanted to answer. At least you didn't make awful announcing. Or well, I, I wanted to answer every single tweet and just say, I own it. I, I don't want to do it again. I get what you're saying. I hope that you can accept that was not my intention. You made the joke to me. You you threw your wife under the bus. My wife wanted to go on Twitter. And I was like, nah, you don't want to do that. You don't. Yeah. But she wanted to say, I mean, you know, again, just to clarify. And I never said that you were a misogynist, right? I, I know. I, I just thought, I know. I thought it looked bad. It did look bad. And maybe if you did it in two weeks. And, and, and it really, did look bad. you know what? It's different. In 19, and, and Henson contacted me that day. He's like, if fucking Sean did that skirt on sports and he came under attack, I would have defended him. Be- but it's not 1995. It was, you know, it, it, it's a different, it's a different era. A big part of it too is I wasn't in on Friday, so I really, in all honesty, I didn't get. What had happened on Friday? How much did Mazaway hate me? One to ten. So anyway, <laughs> we, we, um, when when it became apparent, I mean, Jasper, in case you never heard it, my, my wife and I were watching a game in 2005, mm-hmm. and it was fantasy playoffs, and I was nerdy, and, and she goes, what does D-gate mean? And I go, what the hell are you talking about? What are you, D-gate? D-gate? What are you talking about? And she goes... You know, one guy's holding a D and the other one's holding a gate. <laughs> and I went, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and she immediately, she goes, after we laughed about it, right. she goes, 
You should actually make that a bit. And again, and I've made fun of my wife on Twitter. There's no about way, the same similar stuff, but I think no way I think that's in, a blanket statement. But I can understand why people would say that. But and, in 2016, and the optics. I own. If it. you do a, a segment called Skirt on Sports, you know the social warriors are going to come after. you. I was wrong, and, and I never did come after you. But I just thought I thought you were fair, right? But we the, talked about. But it. when when you're on the relatively cover of, speaking, when you're on Jeff. the cover of awful announcing for being insensitive. And people are saying this isn't the first time. It's the Beatles stuff, the Dairy stuff, Mazaway being completely oblivious to what rape victims go through. Mm-hmm. I, I I just thought it was toned down. I and, was hoping, and you were right, but you know what I was hoping for? I was hoping that people would use um, use the example. Use, and what I mean by that is, Jeff, when have I attacked anybody? When when have when have I when have I attacked anybody? Have you well, ever I, seen me attack anybody? Have like you I said, ever seen I never me? said in your heart that you were a misogynist. Yeah, I, yeah, I, thought I, it was, know, but I, I think at that point it was like, if, if you were going to do that show, that, that bit, which I don't think, look, like I said, I make fun of my own wife. If we called it something else, it may have worked. Right. I think it, that was... Skirt on Sport, I think, was the reason why it got, it looked bad. I was hoping that people that. would consider the source because I don't, I'm never going to get into a Twitter war. Sorry. I'm never going to... You should. It's fun. Ne- <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And you gain about a I thousand like followers if you, um, if you, as long as you do it right. I, I, if you do it right. I, I like looking. I'm, I'm never going to bash this guy or that guy, whether it be um, somebody in the media or somebody like that. Um, if things come out, I'm going to say it. There were a lot of things that I wanted to say about certain people in the past. Right. There are still a lot of things that I'd like to say about certain people. But if it comes out, that's a different story. Right. Then then I'll talk about it. Organically. Yeah. But, and which is which is leads to a nice segue. So the other day, I you know, my Spiro mm-hmm. had written the article last December about the plagiarism scandal mm-hmm. uh, regarding Drew Sharp. Um, taking the work of David Harnes regarding uh, Miranda uh, McCoy and her relationship with Connor Cook. And ever since that story came out, Drew Sharp has not been on SportsWorks. Mm-hmm. Uh, not once. And he was a regular uh, guest mm-hmm. on that show. So the on Sunday, this just happenstance. I mean, you'd already said you agreed to be on the program. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look up how many times Dan Miller, Woody, or Ryan, or Monty, had mentioned that Drew was going to be on a guest on Sports Roots mm-hmm. for that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so I look it up, and it was like t- over 20-some times. He was a regular guy. I, I think other than Sean, excuse me, not Sean, other than Jamie and Wojo, Wojo with you, is pretty much one of the, the regulars on the show. Mm-hmm. So I look it up, and I never realized this, but it seemed like you and Drew were the pairing. You were on a lot of times yeah, with Drew we were. Sharp. Yeah, I guess I was. And I never to me, it. it I, I didn't think about it either. But to me, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I'm wondering what happened. I mean, Dan has never said anything to me. I've and I've tweeted to him. I is there is he persona non grata at sport? Do you know anything? No, I, I, You know, you think it's bizarre that he hasn't been on? He was on. I haven't. Week uh, by bi weekly since the plagiarism scale, he has not been on once. I have. Who are you on with now? I haven't thought about it. Um, I missed a couple weeks ago because of my little accident. Yeah, um, we, yeah pulling the groin from the bone. Does that hurt? I can't even. Um, I wasn't on a couple weeks ago. I'm going to be on this week, and I think I'm on with Jamie. And I've done it with Johnny, who's Johnny's a great guy. Neo, yeah, Neo's Neo's a right. great guy. Who I 
champion for years. I've, the one I've guy done who it, doesn't seem to be. Um, uh, I've done it with Pat a few times, but no. Um, you did it. I mean, you were really. I was on. I was Drew. on with Drew a lot. I was a lot. I don't think. I really. I don't think that there was a. Um, uh, bona fide because it, it it floats around, especially in the fall. We're all so busy, you know. I I do USA hockey, and last year, you know, I did some Big Ten hockey, and I do Wayne State. So, you know, there are some weekends that maybe didn't work for me that worked for um, somebody else, and vice versa. Um, so seventy five percent of the time, fluid. I'd say you were on with Drew. Mm. It was very From what fluid. I saw. Oh yeah, on Twitter. I was on a lot. Is, do you find it odd that Drew is no longer on well, the yeah, show? Yeah. That, for, yeah. for, oh, oh, forget oh. just sports works. How how was around one hundred five point one very difficult. after the Drew Sharp stuff it, it, came it, out? How what was the feeling it, with it him? Was well, very, how was it like working with it him? It was it was very. I didn't see Drew that mm-hmm. often. It was very difficult in this regard because um, I remember and Jeff. It was one of your um, one of your listeners, one of your readers, was giving me a hassle because I, I put the show topic thing out there. And he said, "Well, aren't you going to talk about Drew?" And I said, "I, dude, I just want to talk about sports." Right. And it was me in my. <laughs> it was in, me on your Facebook. And this, page. Jasper, this goes back to what I like have said to you. I just wanted to hammer home. We're. I wanted people to know we're going to talk about sports. I, I don't want to get caught up in a bunch of other stuff. In my mind, but and, and if mistake. you guys, do you think if you would have tackled? And this is what I said always. Look, if I do a show, it's going to be real. Hmm. You know, 100%. You can call me. I'm not going to use the drop on You want to call me a piece of shit, I'll take you on head on. <laughs> you want to say anything about me, I'll take you head on. If you want to call and say, what's up with Drew, Drew Sharp's plagiarism scandal, take it on head on. Do you think that's a mistake that I think, reality radio I think people that wanted show, that? I think that show should have – I think that show should have discussed it. I do. I in my In my book, it wasn't my place – um, I didn't want to do it. I I, I think it was kind of unfair to the rest of the station, the predicament that we were in. And I wish that it would have been addressed. Well, could have been, well, been easy. This would have been, this to me, this was Dave Shore's easiest decision. This comes out. The free press ignores it. The show's flailing anyway. The mm-hmm. ratings aren't improved over Drew. They've, they've plummeted. You could have come out and looked like a white knight at that point. You could say, look. Drew stole this material. It's obvious. Just as obvious as what Melania Trump did to Michelle Obama last night. It's plagiarism, plain and simple. Same thing that Joe Biden did. The same thing that Stephen Glass did. It's plagiarism. And you could have taken the high road and said, look, Drew, sorry. We appreciate that you came here. It would have been such an easy thing. And I think it could have gained national attention, local attention, for Dave Shore to say, Okay, we're getting rid of Drew Sharp, who's never got ratings in this town. You know that when you were DFN. You replaced him, for Christ's sake, in the in PM Drive. And they moved him and Shep to the mornings. It was such an easy thing. You, you, Why I, not do that? Um, and instead, Dave Shore takes calls from people, not even associated with the DSR, who I get emails from, people saying, I call them, and he said... There's random people on Twitter to this day right. who still or, or who on hate Facebook, me, who fucking who hate, hate me. Jeff, who or even comment on Drew Sharp's articles. I he's remember a it was an easy I, decision. I, Get rid of him and make a spectacle of it. By the way, he was uh, suspended. Yes, he was. Well, he doesn't. I mean, do you know that? Would you know that? I thought he was on vacation. I don't. <laughs> okay, Jasper. No, I'm. I'm. I, being, I figured I might no, as listen, well. Listen, I'm being so sincere. I think, and Jeff, you can tell me if I'm wrong. 
I think maybe up until even five years ago, I think Jeff probably thought that I was BSing. I'm, I do my job and I go home. I do not want to be involved in the shit show that is this mm-hmm. business. I don't want people to think that I'm running up to the boss and plotting and scheming. And, and because of that, I will say this, ignorance is bliss. I had a conversation with Justin because um, back in December because somebody, quite frankly, misrepresented it to Justin. And I even said to Justin, I said, guys, go look at what I said. I didn't have anything to add. Hmm. And why I say that is this. We knew what it was. Well, you you did I, not I, deny you did I not deny on that on that, on, on that Facebook yeah, thread I, on your page. I, you said it's pretty clear the facts. It's there's what what do it, what I happened, have? Happened. What, what can I add to that equation other than to say, look, this was written in this article, that was written in his article. It doesn't take a rocket science scientist to figure that out. What more can I add to that? I on mean, a personal level. I I know for me, I'd have a tough time working with somebody like that personally, and I'm just talking about. How I feel in this case, you, you but don't have two kids. You have to. That's true. No, and that's a fair point. But it's for me. It's hard to at reconcile the, the time, my my at, ethics at with the, that. At the same time, you have to be professional and do your job, and and that's I think that should trump anything. And even with personal feelings aside, no matter what you feel about a person, um, you know the the look was, was the crosstalk with Matt awkward. Absolutely, it was. Mm-hmm. But especially when Jeff is tweeting want, about it, I didn't want anybody to think that. I just know? got breaking news. I, I was just told that Greater Media was just sold to Beasley Broadcasting. Wow. Hmm. Well, that might explain something. Kind of makes sense. That is why they flipped. Is I'm that that would would that sound that like a reasonable sense. explanation to Absolutely. why they flipped? Absolutely. I'll say it again. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys don't think I'm. I fully believed in Steve Chisari. I think Steve Chisari fully believed in us, and if Steve called me today and said, I have a job for you tomorrow, I would work for Steve again, So, Period. So having heard what you just heard right now and having experienced not what you experienced, mm-hmm. I, you know, because we do need to wrap this up soon, unfortunately – we, still, what? We, we can go as long as we want. Okay. Well, I, I know not, we have our, the under, I know we the have our cards dis- not here today. Okay. <laughs> well, I know we have our couch destruction. Look at our producer over there soon. rolling her eyes. Jessica, no, I don't Jessica, care. Jessica might have a date on Tinder. I like the I shenanigans, know. but ew. No, I don't. <laughs> I heard Tinder. you broke up again. That's what? gross. Ultimately, my well, question for you: You got back together again? Holy, you're worse than me and my wife. Do you mind? I'm trying to conduct an interview here. I'm talking to Jessica here about her sex life. I mean, what do you? Sorry, sorry. Let's move along. Ultimately. Having been in there, having heard what you just heard, mm-hmm. having been an outside person in this industry, what do you see as being what ultimately felled 105.1 as a sports team? Lack of commitment from greater media, period. And, and, it, and it wasn't on a local level uh, because, again, gosh, I hope I – I loved Steve. Steve was, Steve was great to work for. Uh, I think it came from upstairs, and now it makes sense why but, it came from but, upstairs. But did Steve make the cardinal error of not bringing in someone local and going with a guy from Tampa? And does he? Does Steve Chisar realize that he made a mistake? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm and glad to hear that. Steve, don't hate me. Steve admitted that. Um, Steve said that mistakes were made. And Jeff, I'll say again, every station. I'm not going to name any names, but there were shows at DFN where you look back and you go. How did that show how why how was that ever on the air? And I think the same thing when 1270 decided to go all in. There were some shows that you were like, really? 
that show's on the air. They're going to give Terry Foster a show? That guy can yeah, barely but, spell. And, and, that's, and that goes to your point of <laughs> you had him on the ropes. They went from having the guy who is now the number one broadcaster on, <laughs> on, on CBS football. They had the guy who was the man, manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, one of the most famous Detroit Tigers of all time, the guy who does Fox Sports Detroit games. Eli Zarrett, a legend, a legend in this town, whether you like him or not. This guy going back to our childhood. I knew Eli Zarrett was a legend before I even liked right. sports. That was the show that was going against Stoney and Wojo that could get no traction. They went and hired a kid just out of Michigan State who nobody had ever heard of. They brought in Terry Foster to co-host with him. Terry Foster was like a ping pong ball between 1130 and 1270 at that point. Uh, I posted emails of Terry complaining about his minimization in this market. Greg Henson not wanting to use him, having to go back and forth. They were doing it on the cheap. And I think what you said to me a couple months ago when I said, are these rumors true that 1051 is going under? Like, you're saying, I'm imploring these people, look at history. Mm -hmm. Look at the fact that we Mm -hmm. had 1270 completely on the ropes. If we switch, if we we can convince Dom Theodore or whoever to go to 106.7, it's over. Mm -hmm. They're done. They go to they go to FM first to ninety seven one when Stern goes to Sirius. Obama's an inauguration day. Stony Wojo, everyone's laid off. I think what I think Jamie and Brady also. I think that day Jamie you were, had left already. Right, he, okay, you were the one basically <laughs> left standing. I did I did that four hour show for a year and um, uh, that sucked. That that. They finally gave Shep an extra hour, and I, dude, I was I was spitting blood, dude, just trying to fight to stay afloat. And we were still getting numbers. Uh, um, Dom was great because um, you know, again, you find out after the fact the decision comes from above. I think the easy thing to do is to blame the Steve Chisari or the Dom Theodore, and and, and that's not the case. The guy and taking orders from exactly the, from the I, real people, I, and that's why that's why. Power. In fairness to guys like that, and even to Dave Shore, in fairness to guys like that, a lot of times the decision came from above. Um, the two people that weren't really known for speaking out when they made that decision, we had a meeting at DFN, and the two people that weren't really known for speaking out spoke out in the meeting that day. And Rob was, Otto? No, <laughs> was I the, wasn't at that Was that the Rob Otto? I was not at that. My grandfather had just died. I heard uh-huh. every – but it was Wojo and I. And I took my hand. I took my hand, Jasper, and I, I took a pen and I made a small circle – and they made a big circle. And I said, we can't compete. Mm-hmm. We're dead. That's game changer. And, and their mindset was, well, they've had the Lions for so many years. They've had the Red Wings for so many years. They've had the Tigers for so many years. They haven't been able to give the, the knockout punch. And I said, no, this is, this is the march to baton. This is we're, – we're going through the jungle, and the Japanese are going to beat the hell out of us the entire way. And when we're done, we're dead. So it didn't surprise me at all that – what was it? About a year and four months later, they pulled the plug – but again, that I think the easy thing to do is to blame Dom Theodore. The easy thing to do is blame Steve Chisari. That comes from above. And, and that's why I'll continue. Dom was great. Steve was great. I firmly believe to this day that Steve Chisari was 100% being honest with me. Because, Jeff, like you said earlier, why on earth would I leave a cushy gig to go someplace when I know we're on life support for eight months. So when you're at a place like 105.1 where you do finally have, at least this is what you think when you go in, mm-hmm. the resources to compete with something like 97.1, mm-hmm. 
and you don't get that, you have to wonder, and, and this is just me, why the fuck did greater media even bother starting a sports station in Detroit well, when their competition <laughs> is number one in the nation if they weren't willing to put in the time, the money, the effort <laughs> into it? You're why? going moss on me. No, really. This is something I want to get into. Jasper, and I I've, always said, I've always said to Jeff, Jeff has an incredible ability to ask me a question where I don't have an answer to, and you, I don't have an answer to that. I wish I did. I, I didn't think I, you I, did. I don't. I don't. Because I don't think there is an answer. It doesn't. It 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 didn't. And they again, thought they, they thought they were doing the right thing. You don't. You they don't, thought they were doing the right thing. You don't want to believe, even though everything screams towards it. Maybe starting in May that we don't have long. You don't want to believe it. You don't. You don't want to believe it. They made a, st- a mistake. Regardless of what people feel about Drew Lane, they made a mistake letting Drew go. Period. End of story. Um, whether you feel he was a sports show, whether you think he was beyond his his ear, years, I've always looked at Drew as a legend. I respect the hell out of Drew. They made a mistake letting that guy go because he was built in revenue. He was built in ratings. Nobody got bigger and, ratings than him. And the rest of us had to start from scratch. And it's amazing to see what happened though when Ryan and Rico had a, a lead in. And regardless of what you think about Ryan and Rico's show, when they had a lead in, it's amazing to see what the numbers went to. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I that was pretty much the only time I went upstairs and I said, see, mm-hmm. see what happens when, look, you're making a commitment now. And, and we're going to start to see some of the fruits from that labor. And Have you ever seen a radio station, though, flip formats without ever really attempting wholesale changes? Rico and Ryan were, were there from day one. And you, and, and, and you can tell me what you want about Ryan. Ryan's ratings at DFN were never great. Um, he was moonlighting. He had a Fox 2 gig. They never switched that show. Fella Howard was there from day one. Derry made it almost until the end. It's starting to make sense with this rumor or this story that Beasley Broadcasting just bought Greater Media Whole um, because they never, they never threw the Hail Mary pass. They never tried... Uh, you know, they never hired Henson. I mean, and I know, and you know, that there were communications between Henson or his people and people from greater media. Uh, we know that. It's was, was, this all, was this all something that just was not was unavoidable because greater media knew it, it's, at this point that they were selling at to the, Beasley? At now, knowing what I know, absolutely. I mean, I... I, I, I don't regret moving, as crazy as that sounds, but yeah, I mean, looking back now, why the hell did I leave? Well, what's the future? I don't know. I have no idea. I, are you, know you worried or are you... Um, you know, with my son starting college next year, <laughs> yeah, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Um, you know, thank, thank goodness I have a lot of things going on. And, we um, both married women with yeah, good jobs. Yeah, my, my wife is, is doing well, <laughs> um, but yeah... Um, the extra income would be great right now. It would be. Um, from a parental standpoint, um, yeah, it'd be great. But you know what? I'll make do. I'm not worried about it. I've, I've, dude, I've somehow managed to stay in this business for 21 years. Have you heard rumors that DFN might be seeing, seeing 
that there is a opening now. Well, even it, more it, so than DFN. No, no, I you, know something. Hold well, on. I'm, okay, I understand. DFN sees there's an opening. There's one sports station, quote unquote, and the other day they were discussing whether or not you should date someone 12 or 13 years younger <laughs> than you. Uh, and they were discussing the Mount Rushmore. The day after you went off the air, uh-huh. the Mount Rushmore of something. I forget what it was. Cereal. I, I hear that DFN. Oh, yeah. Cereal. Cereal. Yeah. Cereal. The, yeah. yeah. I, Enthralling stuff. Right. And everyone knows it's, it's Frosted Flakes, Cocoa Krispies, and, well, forget it. We're not going to go into that topic. <laughs> Do you think that there's a chance that DFN says, we're down to this one guy talk station, 1051's gone, let's go to a more of a sports-oriented, local, get rid of Jay Moore, uh, I don't even know who the hell's in midday at this point, I haven't listened to the station mm. in so damn long, and maybe... DFN tries to recapture the rebel status that they had when you and Killer were there. Or maybe even more so than just DFN. Do you see anyone coming into this market in the near future trying to capitalize on the fact that there's only one sports station in this town? Let me go one at a time. To Jeff, to your point, if if there's stuff out there, I guess I'm disappointed because I haven't been contacted by anybody <laughs> because I'd love to be part of it. Um, I, I really would be. Um, and Jasper, to your point, um, it would have to be somebody that would accept the fact we're we're going to get pounded for a while, and it's going to be ugly for a while. But if history has shown us anything, DFN was able to do it, and 1270 was able to do it. Eventually, 971 was able to do it. It would have to be somebody that would just accept the fact that this is the way it's going to be. And furthermore, this is the one thing, again, you people can say whatever the hell they want about Greg Henson, Okay. The one, thing, the, the one thing <laughs> that, that Greg knew, Greg knew how to sell a sports station because you weren't selling them on the numbers. You cannot sell a sports station coming out on the numbers because chances are the numbers are going to suck. Mm-hmm. What, what you need to do, and, and sure, I'm going to use a quote from Shore. you have to sell the experience. We're, we're, we're guys, man. Jasper and Jeff Moss and whoever – this is what we do, and we're going to do this every day. And sometimes we're going to get in your face, and sometimes we're going to have a mix of guys. We're going to have the nerdy guy who can tell you all the champions from 1988 off the top of his head, and we can have the guy that's going to take out his flamethrower and he's going to he's going to you know scorch earth everything. It's different. You, you, you have to you have to say we're in this, and and I don't believe in any time. In that station's 34 months of existence, did they tell the sports fans of Detroit, we're here? And I would 100% agree with that. 100%. As as a listener and as somebody who has studied the industry and is trying to get into Mm -hmm. it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's disappointing. You know, 96-1 never never really replaced you. I mean, I think Drew and... Jim Costa, young yeah. kid. Jim's right. Jim's a, a a good kid. Went and, to is Central. there any possibility going back there? I haven't talked to them. Um, no, I, really, there's nothing. You know, I'm paid for a little while yet. Right. Um, but yeah, as the fall approaches, it's it's weird. Um, not being on the I, I've been on the radio every fall since 1995. So the last time I wasn't was 1994. So that's going to be a little weird. But you, you know, more so. Um, from a family standpoint, I mean, thank, thank goodness again, you know, I, I, I get more time on Fox in the fall and Wayne State's great to me. I mean, Gleak football is fantastic and USA hockey's been, I mean, you, I don't have to tell right. you. Um, 
And, you know, I, I was able to do some stuff like with Comcast and Big Ten last year. So I hope for more of those things. But, yeah, I'd be lying. Yeah, I'd love another radio job. Last who, question who, from me. Um, okay, are you going to be cutting any ribbons at independent league baseball games anytime soon? <laughs> That's no. such a low blow. I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> You're worse than me, so. man. I'm trying to fucking couch I don't this think fucking so. thing. I don't okay. think so. <laughs> but I'll, I'll ask a Jasper question. Who at 105.1 hated me the most? That's not a me question. That's a you question. Who hated me the most? A and did you B? Did you ever find out who who called the cops on me at the golf outing? That stuff again. The stuff that happened before. I had so many people ask me about um, (laughs) the alleged agreement between the Red Wings and the Tigers. I don't know anything about it. I'm I'm not again. That stuff that came before me. I don't want to know the answer. I it's better ignorance. and, And that was something I thought was bizarre. That these people who had been there since day one, Armani, Mazaway, to go to the press and start saying they didn't market the station well, that things were turning around when I don't think, I mean, if anything was stagnant, it seemed to be like sour grapes. And I, I just don't understand where they were coming from. It seemed to me at that point, take your pounding, go away. You had your chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially Armani, who had been on DFN for years, who had been on 105.1. If you couldn't make it, you've had your shot. I mean, the ratings books are the ratings book. If you're flipping formats, if you're getting fired, if you're putting up numbers, they're not getting rid of you. And it seemed to be just, like, embarrassing that they were going to the media. And Mazowick specifically, who opened himself up to litigation, in my opinion, by reciting what he was told by Chassar, I guess, about the Tigers – Oh, don't don't even don't even say that. We don't even know who could have talked well, to him, or the, if he's even coming with any but information. The, 90, the Tigers ninety-seven-one stuff. He's being told secondhand at the very least. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Right, really, I, Jeff. That you know what? And if I come across as a douche here, then, then so be it. That's the one thing that's frustrating for me. Um, you know, I said it earlier. It's kind of funny about oh, this guy got canned. I never got canned. And you know, conversely, you know what? I I didn't fail at previous spots. And if I sound like a douche there, I apologize, but. I'm speaking factually. I mean, you cited our last book when we were AM versus FM. We had a four share. I mean, come on, you know. Right. And you know when and it was part AM. Of your show, I'm telling you, once I crossed 14 Mile in Orchard Lake, I couldn't even hear you. And the when end, it was AM thing. versus AM, I think it was well documented what happened there. We we were we were having a lot of success. So that's frustrating for me to to kind of be left out in the cold. But that's a business, and I'm I'm never going to be sour grapes over it, dude. It's not. It, Life's too short. And I'm even sure. more so than you, Sean, Drew Lane. <laughs> Where's the last place Drew Lane He's a legend. Failed. He's doing I mean, a podcast. The, the man a beat Howard Stern. Say what you will. The He's, man beat Howard Stern He's in a legend. And no one else did it. That's why, you know, I'll say again, I have to own I have to own that we didn't do well enough at 105.1. Me. I'm not going to talk about anybody else. But just to repeat what I said earlier, I would hope at the same time you would say that eight months really isn't enough time. To, to kind of grab a foothold and, and plant the flag. And that's what you have to deal with, and you move on. And, you know, you hope you get another chance someplace. Um, you know. Well, coming here couldn't have. I mean, Jeff, that's I, your help thing. Jeff, sure I, you know what, though? I, 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 would rather, I would rather be up front with you, whether it be on Twitter or here, just to show people I'm not the douche that's feeding you things. I'm not the douche that's bad-mouthing people. People that worked with me have, have said, I'm not going to mention names, I'm the guy that minds his own gosh damn business and goes on with his day. And 
that, like I said, that used to bug me. I think people know now. Right. I think people know. Well, now. people have leaked stuff to me for years, and like I said, once in a while I get a story, try to confirm it. I would contact you, and you tell me either I can't confirm it or yes or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that, but it was never anything where you never were leaking fed your stuff. shit. And I'll, and I'll take a polygraph. So will uh, I, <laughs> and, and and we'll be happy to do that, and you can see the results. I appreciate. You coming in here anytime? You know that spending two hours uh, nonstop, nice to meet no you, break. Hey, absolutely, Sean. and hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, most people think the best DSR product, uh, media wise, either on podcast or TV, was the show with uh, Michael Bohenic. What's up, Mike? Um, Master Shake. You remember? I, I don't when, know if he listens. Anymore. There was. There I'm was, sure he's listening. Tonight. There was one show. There was one show where where. Um, you know, it was one of the times that you and Spiro were warring, and I made the joke I wanted that to happened? bring the peace. Yeah, I wanted to bring the peace, and <laughs> that that devolved that devolved rather Never. quickly to me just sitting back in the chair and just watching you guys yell at each other and everything. Well, but, at least back in those days when Spiro and I were at war, we were on the show together still. Yeah, that was uh, not going to fansided dot com for greater pastures, which we should congratulate our friend at Darko State News. Your friend, my friend. I'm still friends with him. I know. Not yeah. our friend, your friend. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, congratulations on that. And we got a sofa to destroy. And what? Bob, Let's get the axes. Bob, Bob wants to make sure we've got the waivers on. So we're going to be going out to the parking lot. We're taking the Do Jim Leland sofa. Goggles? I got safety goggles. Oh, Three perfect. Pairs. Don't even ask how much I spent at Home Depot today on axes, safety goggles, tarps, um, construction bags. All for the greater good, Jeff. All yeah. for the greater good. Yeah, just for to, to just show them the. Uh, Detroit sports will what to, fucking to tell you are. how far you are ahead of people. I'm uh, being besieged with text now, talking about how Greater Media has been sold. So, to tell you, it's how crazy far, that that. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of my former employees are now texting me, going, if, "If it was a movie, and we did this podcast together, and we just found out while the show was going on that Greater Media was it doesn't sold, make me feel any better. Well, no, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, now how does that help you understand you? why it happened? Um, you know, in part, but. Um, you know, had we been doing better, would we have been part of the sale? Probably. We weren't doing better. So you have they to wanted, own what you have to own. They probably wanted the salaries off the Of course books. they do. Mm-hmm. And if they could have sold the station last month to whoever that private local businessman was, which I've got <laughs> Sean's phone My blowing phone is, up. There's, it's just blowing up. Well, it's hopefully funny. one day there's another sports talk station, <laughs> I hope a so. sports talk station I in hope Detroit. So. Because we deserve look, it. And I and I wanted, look, I didn't want to go after 105.1. I told you. In the first week it started, I everyone wanted the station I, I to met, succeed. I met Mark Fellhauer. We had a nice talk. He's a great guy. We, we had a nice talk after the press conference. Rico Beard chased me out of the studio as, as much as Rico Beard can chase anyone, saying, Jeff, be fair to us. I said, I'm going to be fair to you. I wanted it to work. I offered Mark Fellhauer my assistance. Look, tell, tell Drew. I'll come on the show weekly like I do with Ryan Schuling. I want 97.1 destroyed because it's a it's, – it's a fugazi. It's not a sports station. It's foul. You don't want to be you. Per, how many times have you told me I would not want to be on that station because they wouldn't let me do what I want to do? I don't want to be on that station. Yeah. I'll say it publicly. Um, I mean, and it's too bad because I think some people have kind of taken that the wrong way. I they're they're obviously successful. It is, it's nothing personal. And so I told you, I, I met Jimmy. <laughs> I, I think Jimmy's a great. I just you want to put yourself in positions where you would feel like you can succeed. I can't do that. Sean, if they were I, to give me my first 
ever job. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd take it. Well, you're dumb. Well, I've, well, you're not I, I know. if I were you, I'd take it. You take well, it. Well, don't worry, it's not going to happen. Listen, yeah. yeah. If you've got to go to run, if you've got to do Burger King runs for Scott Anderson, you should take that job. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've got to destroy a Maybe sofa. I can unwind. We got to get waiver signed. We've got to go talk to the uh, spa across the street and make sure that they have no problem with it. There's a lot of things that we got to do. I appreciate Sean coming Anytime, in. Anytime, Jeff. Seriously. I hope that we uh, can. You can come in in the future. There's things that I, you know, we can't talk about now. I've got plans. I think there is a void. I think people want stuff like we we want to hear. Breaking down Ken Holland. Breaking down why PK PK Subban was traded for Shea Weber. You wouldn't have the following if that you do if there weren't people that are looking for stuff like that. And you neither would Sean. So, perfect example. We'll see what happens. Uh, I appreciate everyone listening. I appreciate Sean coming in. Thanks, Jasper. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks, Bob, for sitting in and making sure we don't get sued. <laughs> Drawing up the, all, all, the, all the legal documentation and then my attorney's going over it. I wouldn't mess with Bob either. We will see you next Tuesday, and uh, hopefully Marlo will be here soon, and hopefully we'll be taking an axe to a sofa in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Good night, everyone. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast.